Paul, we are the Fat Packs, and this is Beckett Radio. What's up, Paul? Sa, dude. Sa, man. How are you doing, buddy? Man, you know what I like about the National? What's that? The energy. The energy is really good. And you know what's sitting across from us right now? A lot of energy. A lot of energy. A lot of energy. That is for sure. We had uh, the the lovely Mr. Alan Nars on on the show yesterday, and he says, hey, guys, I want to come back, but I'm bringing the big fish. And he brought the biggest fish he could, uh, Mr. Thomas Fish, (laughs) is in the house from Blowout Cards and Alan Nars sitting side by side. A little bit of a if so, fact so competitor thing, but we're here joined under the umbrella of the National Baseball Card Day by exactly. Tops. Yeah. August so, 12th. August 12th. Uh, August 12th. So, uh, Fish, for people who live under a rock and don't know who you are, just please introduce yourself. Thomas Fish, Blower Cards, online retailer for sports cards, entertainment, and anything that's uh, trading card related. Okay. Good deal. And Simple Mr. Nars, you were with us yesterday. I don't, I don't think you need a, a formal introduction other than you're just what's happening right now, so full of energy and, and uh, going on at the top. We, we, got, we had to get this in before 10 uh, because all that yelling is going to start. So Yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> so um, this was actually your idea, Mr. Nars, and you wanted to, you wanted to bring – Mr. Fish on because uh, of his his generous proposal to shut down blowout cards on national on National Sports Card what? Day. Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> national, <laughs> national Baseball Card Wait, Day. Wait, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> you didn't know? <laughs> you didn't know this? Oh, you didn't know. All right, so breaking news. Breaking news. Only for a day, Tom. Only for a day. <laughs> okay. So, all right, let, but let's talk about that. Who was that? Your idea? Did you? Did you? It was a collaborative uh, effort. Okay. You know, Al, I've known Alan for what is Alan about twenty years? Over twenty years. Yeah. Uh, okay. Twenty years, and we we were always. Going back and forth with ideas and how, uh, you know, how we can help the hobby and w- what things we can do to work together. And um, through uh, several conversations and Alan's involvement in National Baseball Card Day, we collaboratively came up with, uh, hey, you know what? If I shut down my site for the day and I will dedicate uh, my front page to promoting National Baseball Card Day, I think it would be good for the hobby. Yeah. I've, I. I've been in the business for over 30 years. I had two hobby shops, and our business has morphed into a, a large online retail, and we still have a store, and I just think it's going to be wonderful, a wonderful event with everything that's going on to get as bring awareness to that event as mm-hmm. much as possible. So we decided that it would be a great idea to shut down the site and just focus all our energies on helping promote that special day. So, Alan, when you hear something like that, how does that make you feel as, you know, an ambassador to the baseball cards. How does that make you feel? It really is tremendous to see such a collaborative effort. You know, you have so many industry partners coming together and you know, Tom and I had an initial conversation whereby he had said, you know, what can I do to help? And sure. he committed at first to giving up his Beckett the back cover, ad, Beckett, the whole yeah. back cover, which is remarkable. And 
you know, I was appreciative on behalf of all car stores. And then he, he said, what else can I do? And half kiddingly was shut down your site. Yeah. He thought about it and he goes, yes. So wow. it, I just think it's a great thing to know so many people in the industry are willing to partner to help card stores and help the industry overall. So I was shocked, appreciative, but not all that surprised either. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Like it's it's very nice because we you know we, we need to get the kids involved you know to keep this hobby going and keep growing. So, and the only way that's really going to happen is to be able to have that experience of going to a local card shop. Yeah, that's that's, that's one of the most vital things is the sense of community that these mm-hmm. stores have. You really can't get that online. I and mean, we try our best with the forum, right, but right. to get people together, to get fathers and sons to go to the hobby shop and have that hobby shop experience, you can't get that online. You can't. You can't. You, know, you can't. Many don't know. I met Tom through his hobby shop. So Tom okay. owned a hobby store back in the 90s. He he owns a hobby store today. So I feel Tom and Blow All Cards, they understand for this hobby to grow, it is gonna grow through hobby stores. That's where trading takes place. That's where community is. That's where events like Pack Wars and Trade Night and so many other things take place. And when somebody like Tom and Blow All Cards steps up and say, card stores are important and they literally go directly to their customer base and say on this day visit local card stores it really gives a lot of credibility to the card stores for the industry and more absolutely and there's an education that takes place at a card shop where that's not necessarily online you can read what you can get in the boxes and what you get here or there but being able to explain it to somebody and actually show them the cards and what the odds are and different things for the products and and how to collect and how to put them in a top loader and all those things it's all vital you know you can't really 100%. learn that stuff. And, and you meet other collectors right exactly you're trading you're talking about sports you're talking about the things that you are passionate about you're right. not going to get that online you're going to get some of it online mm-hmm. but you're not going to get that experience experience and that is the most important thing about our hobby you know and obviously august 12th national baseball card day is so important to the whole industry but in some ways this is almost bigger than that to show how industry partners can work together creatively to grow the entire industry because i think blowout knows that through national baseball card day we're going to attract new collectors that are have a higher probability to stay in the hobby for many many years and they will benefit from that so i think Absolutely. you know i commend blowout for taking this leadership position to show how important these collaborations can be and of course major league baseball players association and tops, the top company tops, for making yes. this happen it's yeah. just it's so exciting as a store owner to see our partner stepping up like this. I, I, I 100% agree with everything you say. Now, let me ask you, you two gentlemen, this. Uh, Paul and I both have young sons, and they don't, they're not into sports cards, like, at all, not even a little bit, which That's is a, a it's a little odd. So, um, on, on days like National Baseball Card Day, what, what are some... Uh, what are some techniques or maybe to maybe draw the younger crowd in? What, what are you guys doing? What do you hope to see in, in sports card shops that... Well, I know a lot of stores that are doing really cool promotions out there. I think card stores realize on this day, we have to put our best foot forward. We have mm-hmm. our partners stepping up to send people to our stores. So I can say for a fact, there'll be stores all over the country treating kids as VIPs doing events like pack wars, having educational seminars, having trading, and of course the free giveaway. So if there was ever a day to try to introduce a new kid into baseball card days, it is National Baseball Card Day on August 12th. 100%, awesome. August 12th, yes. Awesome. So when 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 a customer goes to your website on August 12th, what's it going to say? It's going to say um, something to the effect and celebration of Topps National Baseball Card Day. Blowout cards is temporarily... Uh, suspended sales for this day we encourage 
collectors, hobbyists, and anyone interested in um, baseball cards to visit their local card shop. Okay, awesome. you know, I can tell you, as, as an advocate to card stores, Tom has come to me directly and said, you write the script if you want. Sure. Bl yeah. Blowout has, they're not trying to promote themselves on this particular day. Right. It is all about trying to send traffic to card stores. So, any, you know, another thing is, and Tom and I have discussed this previously, any card store can get in touch with Blowout and do a post on his forums to say oh, wow. what they are going to be running at that store that day. So August 12th, Blowout and their forums are completely committed to helping card stores, and I would encourage card stores to get in touch with Tom or get in touch with me, and I'll do it through Tom. Is that still the case, Tom? 100%. And I believe um, we're still in discussions. It's a couple of days away, but there will probably be some type of hashtag. Okay. So any oh, store okay. that says visit, let's say, Alan Narza store, Big League in Castleberry, Florida, and he'll hashtag, let's say, NBCD2012. We will retweet anyone that puts that hashtag as best as we can. Awesome. You, know, you guys were great yesterday when we talked. You had asked me point blank, what is it that we can do to help? Right. Yes. And while we have all your listeners, I would say the same. If anybody out there has a suggestion on what can be done to help National Baseball Card Day, by all means, let me know, and I'll route it through Tom or through Tops or through Major League Baseball, but there's a lot of people who want to see this be a success, so we want to tap into your listeners. By all means, let them know. Absolutely. That, that, that's It's too easy, right? I mean, yeah, it, seems, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it, yeah, for sure. It's and obvi obviously, this is going to be an annual event. We're going to look to grow it every year, so any ideas, suggestions, please, Alan, you want to give them the contact information for you? That'd be great. Yeah, just visit... Uh, BigLeagueCards.com, okay. and from there you can get in touch with me, and then I'll be happy to pass that information to whoever I can because we know that you have some of the most established, intelligent collectors out there, and they have ideas. They sure. do. So we're looking for ideas this year and future years, and I'm just so appreciative to any feedback we can get to make National Baseball Card Day great this year and even better next year. Awesome. Done. Well, Fish, how, how can they get, uh, contact you? Uh, fish at BlowoutCards.com. Okay. That, that's easy. Easy enough. Yep. That's easy. All right, guys. Uh, we, we're up against it. we got to get finished setting up over here. But well, we let's wanna... not forget, guys, oh. August 12th, Topps National there Baseball Card Day. August 12th, visit your local card shop. There you, there go. you go. Straight from the fish's mouth. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very, hey, guys, very much, guys. We appreciate the uh, exposure. Yep. Thank you, right, guys. Thanks. Take care. All right, bye-bye. This is Michael from the clubhouse. You're listening to Beckett Radio. There you have it. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Um, we went from a hobby legend in uh, Thomas Fish yep, and, yep. Alan, and Alan Narns in our first segment, and we're, we're moving right along to another hobby legend. <laughs> it's, it's working out great today. <laughs> it's working I, out. I thought you were going the other way with that. <laughs> uh, Rich, Rich Miller from uh, Sports Collector Daily is joining us on the show. This is the first time you've been on with us. Yeah. Uh, were yeah. you ever on with Derek? I, I don't remember. No, don't no, never have been. Oh, okay, so, so this first is the first time. time? Yes. This is uh, the inaugural launch. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, first of all, I want to personally just thank you. Your your website is amazing and we use it a lot. We always give you the quit, the credit of course. Well, thank you. But uh, it's it's just a wealth of information and I don't I really don't think that there's a hobby guy out there that doesn't look at it. So, I thank mean, you very it, much. I really appreciate good. that. It's it's a labor of love with an emphasis on the labor, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, a lot of this hobby slash <laughs> yeah, businesses. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's not all fun and games. No, it's not. So um, for the novice, how long have you been involved in the hobby? 
in the hobby, it's well, I, like everybody else, I started when I was a kid, sure, a um, hundred years ago, you know, and, <laughs> and just kind of kept at it. And like everybody else, I kind of drifted away when you got into high school. Back in the day, that's what everybody did. It was, I, I, it was a girl. Don't lie, it was a girl. No, it was like, what are my friends going to think? They're out with girls, and I'm sitting at home playing with baseball. <laughs> cards, so. There you go. <laughs> but no, I, I I really never completely got out of it. You know, even as a teenager, I kind of dabbled in it a little bit. But um, so going back, uh, my first pack was in 1969. Okay. <laughs> so that's wow. a long time. Wow. But really, you know, kind of uh, as an adult is when I sort of expanded and got into, you know, uh, building a lot of vintage sets and things like that. So a long time. <laughs> awesome. Long time. Now, um, would you? Um, this is an odd question maybe, but do you remember your first pack, like what it was and you know, what you pulled maybe? I, I don't remember the first pack, but I do remember what I did with the cards in the first pack. Okay, give it I to us. I was five years old, 1967, Philadelphia football. Was okay. Okay. NFL cards. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how I got them, but I do remember taking a red magic marker and drawing on the front of the cards. If I liked the guy, he got a drawn heart on the front. Okay. Nice. If I didn't like the guy, I wrote bad on the front. So he did original sketch cards. So basically. I did. I did. And I <laughs> apparently didn't realize it at the time what a fad it was going to be about fifty years later. But here we are. That's amazing. Now, how, how did your collecting, collecting career progress? Did, was it strictly football at the beginning and then into baseball and other sports? Or... I had a few of those 67 Philadelphia football when I was just a little tiny guy. And then uh, 69 uh, baseball, I remember buying a few packs of those. And I would beg my dad every day. He worked at a grocery store, and I would beg him to bring me home cards. And Aww. he got irritated after a while. It was like, you know, I'm not made of money. I'm not buying you these nickel packs every single day of my, of my working life. Right. Um, but then uh, 1971, I guess, is kind of when I was, uh, you know, kind of accumulated a few more, and then 71 through 75 was kind of my years of really collecting as a as a kid. Sure. So awesome. Sure. So how did this uh, how did Sports Card Daily come about? Sports, Fast forward a little bit. How yeah, did that all happen? Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, Sports Collectors Daily Collectors launched Daily. in the uh, in the very beginning the, the last time that there was a show on the west coast sure. the, a national show mm -hmm. was was when we launched it's kind of funny i come to the national i think of that every time because it's the last time you know it was west of the mississippi but um i i just kind of thought at the time media was moving online it was moving away from print and sure. i was a sports anchor and reporter for 25 years and i just kind of thought you know the hobby's big enough to have its own sort of daily you know, whether you want to call it a blog, a newsletter, a website, whatever it was, I tried to treat it like a daily newspaper. Okay. Um, and so luckily, you know, in time it took off after a couple of years and we were able to attract some advertising and, mm -hmm. and uh, just kept cranking out stories. We've got over 12,000 in the archives now. Wow. Going back to 2006. So um, it's, it's just kind of a... Uh, you look back at uh, the amount of time, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing how, how many hours we're involved in putting that all together. <laughs> Building something from the ground, from the ground up is, is, is tough, but you, you guys did it and you sustained it. And now it's, you know, like I said, I, I think it's a must read for everybody in the hobby. You guys have a lot of contributors too. You know, uh, Mike Fruitman writes for you guys. Yeah, and, uh, Mike does. Uh, owns a, he's one of the more successful and long time card shop yeah. owners in the country. He was, he was actually my first card shop. Like, is that right? Yeah, yeah, he really was. Yeah, so um, I have a I have a special place in my heart for him. Uh, yeah, if, if every shop ran the way Mike runs his shop, there would be a lot more card shops yeah. because he runs it 
like a, a the fun business that it is. And sure. Yeah. So yeah, he does he does a uh, uh, what's what's hot feature uh, where he runs down the top five mm-hmm. products. And Mike's a really creative, funny guy. So if you get a chance to read his his columns about he does them about every three or four weeks. Right. Um, it's really uh, kind of a good insight not only into what the hottest selling products are, but he also has a really fun spin on you know sure. just things in general life in general right. he does it's, it's, absolutely we, yeah, got, absolutely. we got the privilege yeah. of talking to him and hanging out with him a little bit at the industry summit and he is uh yeah he's, he's a wealth of knowledge he's, and quite a character you gotta, you gotta be one. thinking to keep up with Mike. yes yeah. exactly he knows all the pop culture references he does <laughs> and then we have you know i've got a couple of guys uh uh bob d'angelo who writes for cox newspapers group um does some things for us and then i have another uh, gentleman out in pittsburgh who's a, a pre-war card expert oh wow. who just has an amazing treasure trove of knowledge on on old uh, sets that that some that I've never even heard of um, that he and he writes on a very regular basis probably two or three times a week and and uh, during the national uh, Sean Anderson who writes for the Hall of Very Good uh, actually does a podcast called the Hall of Very Good he had Ozzy Smith on last week and okay. get some really amazing guests and he he's been walking around the last couple of days and he's going to do some kind of entertaining little features for us too so. sweet cool very awesome. cool it's very cool um, now over your over your was it it's 2006 when it launched so it's been 11 years right yeah what do you think some of the bigger stories that you've seen come across sports collector daily have been wow the the i guess you kind of have to divide it into the really fun stories and the really serious stories um i think the shakeups in in terms of the modern car era we've had a big shakeup with panini taking over right um where tops had had an upper deck had a real slice of the market uh panini's really gobbled that up and that's been a been a pretty big story and then obviously we've had um, you know, on the memorabilia auction house angle, we've had some people go to jail, and, and, right, right. and those investigations went on for for several years. Um, so those have been pretty major stories. And then the, the amazing finds, and that's the fun part of this: uh, all these phenomenal finds we get to write about, where people, you know, have deceased relatives and are cleaning out their <laughs> right, attic. Right, and right. You know, the Black Swamp find a few years ago, and then now just recently, this amazing find of vintage unopened material that was up in somebody's attic for literally. <laughs> over 50 years it's sure. just amazing I mean, that this stuff is still out there um that that is now coming to market for the first time and sure. worth worth a fortune really oh absolute fortune it's so preserved too most of the stuff they're finding is yeah in, in very yeah good shape. it really is that the the, so. the card some of the cards um one of my favorite finds was actually you know not worth a, a whole lot of uh, it was worth significant amount of money but not a not a, a real fortune was um they were redoing a a family was redoing their daughter's room and a guy hacked or and he hacked into the wall and saw baseball cards literally tumbling out of the wall onto the floor this wow. was just a couple of years ago they were the strip cards yeah, yeah. but from a hundred almost a hundred years ago sure and there was ty cobbs in there and cy youngs and joe jackson and some of them obviously were kind of the worst for wear but um, I mean, you know, and then you find some there was a Cracker Jack poster found in a barn in Wisconsin. Some guy had uh, actually there's two of them. Another one's going to be coming to, to market, but um, just sitting in a barn in Wisconsin for decades. And the guy, you know, people that owned it didn't know until they found out that, hey, any kind of old baseball paraphernalia right. is worth a lot of money. So. Sure. That's awesome. Now, um, what do you do in your free time? I mean, is it all hobby free all time? the time? What, what, what's yeah, free time? Exactly. <laughs> is it all hobby all the time for uh, you? Or? Unfortunately, when you kind of, and I'm, you know, I do have some help with writing, but from the main part of the writing to the marketing to the uh, sales and everything, I do it all. So wow. it's, it's, uh, 
it's difficult to find a lot of free time. I, you know, I do have a collection, but I have a lot of stacks of stuff sitting around that have been sitting around for months. And, sure. and I actually bought some things in a Beckett auction when you guys first launched. Right. Uh, uncut sheets of Kellogg's cards that I've oh. had from the early 70s that are really neat, but they're just sitting in a box because I haven't had time, haven't to, time to get, get them to framed or anything. So. Wow. Now, what do you collect? Do you have do you have a player you collect or a team? or? No, I'm kind of an old school, just uh, okay. vintage card collector. Um, I, I've got, you know, some sets that are... From the 50s, I've got some a couple of different cards that are older than that here and there, different things. Sure. And then uh, I've got a run of Super Bowl programs, and I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so I've got all the yearbooks dating back to 1960 when okay. Lombardi took over. So, And just a lot of vintage baseball pieces that I like. You know, I'll just buy something on the spur of the moment that I'll buy. So. That works. Have you been surprised at... I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to say a rebound, but have you have you been surprised at how the vintage market has rebounded in the last ten years? I mean, it's been huge. I think. Yeah, it's really been kind of a, an explosion, and it's funny. People say, "Well, you know, this is really unusual," and it is unusual. But what I've had a lot of these people say who are actually involved in the middle of this is, you know, yes, maybe there's been some market manipulation going on, and we're now seeing a little bit of a correction. But it's also true that sports memorabilia has lagged behind certain other types of antiques mm-hmm. and collectibles that's true that are you know stamps that are worth millions of dollars or coins that are worth millions of dollars and now sports is just kind of catching up and it makes sense because who doesn't you know if you're if you're a, a fan of sports who doesn't like just you know even if you're not a big collector maybe taking a stab at owning a Michael Jordan rookie card or something like that. The interest in sports is so huge, it's worldwide. So it makes sense that the stuff now is mm-hmm. maybe catching up to some of those other types of collecting genres that you know people have spent so much money on. So it's, it's unique and it's interesting to see the prices go up and kind of unfortunately priced a lot of guys like me out of the market who sure. are, you know, wish they could buy it, but maybe it makes sense. Maybe it's, uh, it's the way it should be. Maybe. And obviously the, the grading of things you know, getting yeah. it certified mm-hmm. and the grading yeah. is obviously mm-hmm. I would added a lot of value yeah. to it. And, a, uh, a humongous impact. Um, you know, not so much in the 90s. It was impactful, but there were a lot of skeptics. Oh, absolutely. Big time yeah. dealers who didn't think grading was, you know, they were really against it. Obviously, that's changed now. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's become almost the standard if you're trying to buy, you know, not just vintage star and Hall of Fame cards, but the values can change so much from a, a nine to a nine point five, sure. as you guys see on a daily basis. You know, nope. with the modern cards. Sure. Yeah. It's it's an amazing thing. This 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 hobby that we're all in and we all love to see it thriving. When for years it, it was the talk was, oh, the hobby's dying. The hobby's dying. The hobby's yeah, dying. Yeah. In, the, in the last three years, it's completely defied. There's that. no way it's dying, man. I was like, we've been sitting here doing this interview for ten minutes. I've seen at least a thousand people walk by. I mean, yeah, yeah, this place is packed if, today, man. If you've never been to the national and you're sitting at home wondering if you should go, I, I know it's expensive with the hotel, the mm-hmm. parking, and the restaurants. Right. You can't eat down here by the convention center for <laughs> right, less right. than twenty bucks, unfortunately. But you know, just come once, save your money, and come once just to experience the fact that the hobby is is as big as it is because i don't think if you've never been to a national you can't appreciate how big this this is and how many people are interested in coming to a show you know people love to do their transactions online this will give you a completely different perspective and the pieces that are here are just phenomenal oh i mean that one yeah. you know there's a psa 10 uh mickey mantle 53 yeah. and a, a psa 9 mickey mantle 52 sitting in showcases i mean 
where are you going to see that in person? Yeah. You know, it's like almost treated like a museum. It just is. Just kind of rum and just yeah. walk around and just, just take it all in. So. Yep. You, you don't have to come with a ton of money. It helps because it you does, have a much better help. time right. if, you, if right. you do right. have some money to spend and buy some things. But honestly, if you come here with just a couple bucks in your pocket and just walk around and see this stuff, it's like going to like Cooperstown a kid at Christmas or, or something, or you know? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes better. Yeah, you, that's true. Have you seen something on the floor this week that's kind of like you went, "Whoa, what is this? I haven't seen this before," or you know, "This is amazing." Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, I think uh, you know, you, you walk by some of the booths and some of these. There's a dealer not too far from where you guys are located who has a case of T206 Thai Cobbs. I mean, a display case what? full of T206 Thai Cobbs. That's <laughs> all that's in there. There's like 20 of them, and I've never seen that in one place. I know dealers you know, tend to have quite a few T206s and sure. maybe multiple Cobbs, but I've never seen that many in one place. That's but, amazing. But the unique stuff, there was, there's an unopened pack. Um, well, the, the pack was... It was in a cello, like a glassine-type wrapper from the 20s. I can't think off the top of my head what the name of the set is, but they've got this... They took the cards out of the wrapper um, and had them graded, but the original wrapper is still there. Okay. Oh, wow. I've never seen one of those before. Uh, That's really cool. That's this, so cool. This is like walking through a sports history museum and yeah, at absolutely. some point. You know, it's, absolutely. I've, this is my first national. <laughs> and I've, I've go, I go to the Toronto show twice a year, and it's, it's 90% hockey, right? And then, but this is just everything, and it's amazing. It's the one show, I think, where, you know, you have not only and you walk around and you kind of think maybe the focus is on vintage but then you walk a couple more mm-hmm. steps and here's a guy with just cases and cases of modern cards and even if you don't collect the mainstream stuff there's boxing here there's golf there's tennis soccer, I found tons of garbage pail kids I've been looking at to buy. I've been, I found tons of garbage pail kids I've yeah, been looking yeah, at to buy. I love that stuff absolutely, man yeah. tons of stuff. all the old non-sports too and then what's cool about this is too is like Topps is here Upper Deck yeah. is here Panini's yeah. here you know the, the big people in the industry are here that you can actually like go up to and have a conversation with and, and see what's new and what they're doing what's coming out so. yeah I, I thought the Topps uh, you know, every year they have a meet and greet session and all you have to do is sign up and you can go and you can ask questions and I think that's that's really nice that they take the time to, to do that. People obviously complain a lot online about how things are done, and there's no doubt you know the card companies could do things better than they do. But right. they are here, they are out front, and if you have a something you want to discuss, there's somebody here you can talk to. Yeah. You know, which is great. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Which is great. All right, we're going to wrap this up because uh, we have a couple more interviews coming up real quickly. But uh, I just wanted to thank you time, thank you for your time today. Uh, first time appearance, you did great. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> the old, <laughs> I, old broadcasters never forget, you know. There now, you where, where were you a broadcaster at? I, I was a sports anchor and reporter, and I worked at uh, about six or seven different stations all over the country. But I started out way back in the '80s as a play-by-play guy in the Continental Basketball Association. Oh wow, the which was a job in itself, and uh, a lot of. Crazy memories from that. Phil Jackson was the coach of the Albany Patroons at the time. Oh, wow. That tells you how long ago that was. That's pretty cool. Wow. It was a lot of fun. We're going to have to reschedule you for some, some stories from that. Yeah, yeah we'll have story time. <laughs> I, I took Phil to the airport uh, or picked him up at the airport uh, right around Christmas time when they came in to play our team and drove him up. George Carl was coaching at the time. So. Wow. Cool. Wow, that's really cool. Man, again, thank you for your time. Uh, don't be a stranger, man. We, I think I've, I've always wanted to reach out to you and work together with, with you and uh, – Hopefully, this is the beginning of a, a, a good working relationship. Yeah, glad to do it. Always, right. you know, the guys are doing a great job. But I think it's great that uh, you guys are, uh, you know, doing this on such a regular basis and mm-hmm. bringing in so many different people from around the hobby. It's yeah. it's uh, great to see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. All right, guys, you hang tight. We'll be right back. 
This is Pat Nishak, winner of the 2017 World Baseball Classic, and you're listening to Beckett Radio with Fat Packs. Paul Punsworth. Yes, we're, sir, Eric. We're running around with our heads cut off trying to find people to come on the show. Actually, we're not. No, they're we're all, not. Not at all. In. Not uh, at all. We have, you know, we're just rolling along with legend, legend hobbies. Hobby, oh, hobby legends. Legend. There yeah, we go. You're, you're yeah, at, at the bottom of the barrel right now. No, man. sir. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, you, sir, stuff. are a, a a legend in the hobby. Definitely. Uh, definitely a legend at Beckett. Uh, we, we all love and respect Mike Payne. And he's joining us on the mics right now because he has something that he wants to talk about. And we were just talking about vintage with with, with Rich Mueller from uh, Sports Collector Daily, but Mike wants to talk about. Who better talk about vintage than Mike Payne? Exactly. So, (laughs) (laughs) which is a nice way to say he old. He old. (laughs) He old. Mike Payne. Never mind. I'm gonna leave it alone. All right, man. What do you got for us? Um, You know, if you've walked around, and I know you guys have been busy as anybody, but the show floor is a lot of vintage. Sure. Yes, it is. Probably more so than even two years ago. So obviously the segment of, of the market is growing mm-hmm. and um, you know we want to be you know Jim Beckett was into vintage before vintage was popular right right, right. and so um, under his tutelage we all learned about vintage and have done some things in the past but I, I did want to talk about the vintage collector Beckett vintage collector magazine it's a quarterly but I think we may, Pump it up to six times a year. Okay. The new issue has the uh, Black Sox on the cover, and there's a a big piece on the Black Sox inside. But it also covers auction results, previews auctions, um, industry news. Okay. And it's a pretty popular magazine, all color, uh, four-sport price guide in color with images for uh, almost every set. Wow. Uh, So it's something that's um, away from the traditional phone book price guide we have right uh, for newer stuff and it's been very popular since it hit the show floor yesterday it's been one of those magazines that actually since before yesterday so wednesday and thursday people were asking for it daily and it, yes. right. it wasn't here and now that it's here it's it's you know going yeah, so <laughs> yeah and that's ex- that's exciting to know that people care because yeah. sometimes if you don't hear anything i guess they care right right um, <laughs> But we want to get beyond just cards in this magazine and, and do uh, pennants and that sure. type of stuff. We've got a, a, there was an old game in the 60s called All-Star Baseball that literally was a spinner. Okay. You know, um, right. we got a story on that coming up. So we're branching beyond just cards, too. Awesome. Sweet. Also at the show, we just got the um, 2017 uh, Beckett Vintage Almanac uh, price guide book with Carl Yastrzemski on the cover. Speaking of Carl Yastrzemski, his grandson's a pretty darn good baseball he player. Is. Yeah, uh, he hit a home. That's Mike, right? Mike, yeah, yeah. yeah. Must be a, the name. <laughs> yeah. Must be the, <laughs> I he, thought I was the only one with that name. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> he hit a home run last night in, in a game that he was playing in, and it was the first time I'd actually heard of him. So I looked him up, and I was like, "Wow, this yeah, it, he, it, it runs right in the blood." Yeah. Like, yeah. he's got the genes, right? Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> he sure does. So that vintage almanac, how is that different from the vintage magazine? Obviously, there's more pricing in it, but yeah, it, it, that that's really it. Okay, um, it, it's a pure price guy. Okay. And the Beckett Vintage Collector is is um, maybe 10% price guide, 90% news, features, um, results. It's just not, not sure. pricing. Okay. Now, we'll include checklists sure. for, um, for old sets. Okay. Just to, you know, just to include the checklist. Now, we won't have pricing with it necessarily, but um, we're making ground. 
Yeah. Cool. We're making ground. Fleischer catches up on his, his pricing over there. We'll yeah. <laughs> we'll, be great. we'll be great with it. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's leave him out. <laughs> we'll leave him out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, uh, is there a particular story in the, in the Vintage Collector magazine there that you're proud of that, that you, maybe you contributed in? This in this little? issue? Yeah. Uh, yes. Actually, no. there's two. Um, uh, the Black Sox, Baseball's okay. Blackest Hour. Okay. Uh, a wealth of information. And uh, Mark McRae, a veteran uh, vintage dealer, sure. uh, gave us some good insights on who's the toughest of the eight. Sure. Um, so we've got that. But also we have a story on... Uh, Joe Namus rookie card and right. how that image came about okay. taken in a hospital hallway. Right. Um, and the beer box two find from yeah. Mile High. Right. We've um, got a uh, David Guideman, uh, who also is a writer with Forbes. Right. Wrote that story for us and that was right on the heels of the. Uh, the, Beer box one find. Yeah, yeah. That, that was right there. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. And then I remember covering that here on the podcast with Paul yep. and I, and yeah, we, we were we were just kind of in shock. But see a follow up here in the in the Vintage Collector magazine. That's amazing. Yeah, like in the second Beer Box two find, and that's what Mile High calls it. Right. So we're not penning anything. Um, right. Right. Has a lot of um, great sports boxes, but also some some non sport. Okay. Too, which is um, something we also are wading into uh of course we have um non-sport update magazine but within the vintage title we're trying to cover a little bit of of vintage non-sport too because it's it's part of the segment it definitely is it definitely is and now uh about about yourself now you walk around on the floor have you picked anything up vintage wise i have yeah actually um I hope my wife's not listening, but um, <laughs> we won't tag her. In I this. used to be really good about moving deck chairs around. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and hiding this and hiding that. Sure. Um, I haven't picked up a lot. I picked up. Um, obviously, my interest in the Black Sox is big. Sure. And it seemed the right time, being in Chicago, to run something like this. I picked up two Black Sox cards. I picked up a 1916 Buck Weaver. And a 1919 Swede Reesberg, and Reesberg only has four or five cards. So, wow. oh wow, that's yeah. crazy! I was lucky to find them. I haven't seen any others on the floor. Really? Which shocked me as far as you know, I saw Joe Jackson, but I can't, you know, afford the eight grand. <laughs> sure, you don't have that. You just picked that out of your pocket. Yeah, that no. eight grand, Joe Jackson. That's nice. Has there been has there been any uh, vintage pieces on the floor that 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 kind of wowed you, like seeing them? Well, um, as you boys know, I like the horses. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and that armband that jockey Ron Tricot wore, a board secretariat in the 1973 Kentucky Derby okay. is in Leland's auction. Wow. And I want. And you want. Wow. <laughs> There's also a blanket down there, right? There the, the, is a blanket. The wow. blanket that was awarded to secretariat after he won the Triple Crown after the Belmont. Okay. And... Yeah, I can't afford that either. <laughs> they're on, they're on t- his wish I'll list. have to have my wife stitch one for me. <laughs> there you go. His tears of sadness roll down it his is. face. Oh, it's you sad. know it's great. I can take pictures of it, but that's as close as I'm getting. No, close to get to it. That's awesome. I don't Maybe make you the can do same the money you bid boys do. Oh no, sir, no, that's no, not no, that's no, not true. No, no, no. That's not, not true at all. You all gotta right. tell uh, your listeners about this fat packs helmet. <laughs> man. So this was kind of on a on a whim. This man. was on a whim. Yeah, yeah we were uh, walking around the show. Yeah, tons of stuff here. Uh, checked out this guy that was doing crazy cool custom helmets. Yeah, George. Uh, George. Yeah, 
And George. <laughs> George is the bomb. Yeah, George is the bomb. He, yeah. He's just a couple of booths over. He, he does crazy custom helmets like yep. you were talking about. Uh, so he'll take a like the Seattle Seahawks. He'll take it and divide the team colors down the middle, and one, one side will be green, the other side will be blue, and, yep. and they'll put the logo yeah, on there. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. There's a, Raiders, there's a Raiders helmet that has spikes down the, down yeah, the, the middle cool. of the helmet. As cool as that is. It doesn't even come it close to the that. Fat Packs helmet. That's a Fat Packs helmet. Now uh, it's it's white with the blue, with our blue logo on it, and it says Fat Packs on the back of the helmet, where like the Rydell or something right, would, be. would be on there. Yes. So right. uh, it's it's really awesome. I I tried to put it on. It's not Fat Pack size. Not Fat Pack size. No, That's okay. no, it's um, but it's it is not f- even Thin Pack size. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a full a full size. It's like helmet. an eighth grade helmet. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. But I like the logo, and it's got it's kind of. A blue sparkly, yeah, like a metallic thing, yeah. metallic yeah. look yeah. to it. I dig it a lot. Now we're, we're we're having a debate whether we want people to sign it as they come on the show, or if no, we want to keep no, it like that. it will only devalue it. Devalue, it. devalue yeah. It. yeah. Well, we won't start with Mike Payne. No, <laughs> no. Awesome. I got to be back there signing for the public back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't clear that with his agent. Definitely, yet, so. you don't want me signing that. But that's a cool helmet. It really is. Um, it's. It was a it was a spur of moment type thing, but I'm glad we did it, man. It, it yeah. looks good here. It looks good. Yeah, out it adds here, a lot sure. of class to it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and we need some help. <laughs> we need some <laughs> of that. Be honest. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Yeah, no man, problem. It's man. been great. Uh, anytime you want to come on, you're welcome back, sir. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Uh, all right. All thank no you, problem. sir. Bye bye. This is Daryl McKay with Oyo Sports, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, Paul. Rolling right along. Yeah, man, that's like our thing this that's week. That's our thing. We're going to roll. The fat packs are rolling along. Right along. There you go. We're going to roll when we do the fat pack 40 a little later <laughs> we on. Are. We're just going to roll down here and, and we pray are. to God we don't blow something out. It's going to be kind of crazy. <laughs> All right, man. So we just finished up with Mike Payne. Yeah. That was awesome. Talking vintage. Good stuff. And now we're going to talk the pit. The pit. Now, um, I'm going to play dumb here, and I'm going to introduce uh, Frank from the pit. How are you doing, Frank? Doing well. Thanks for asking. I want to thank you for the donuts that you brought this morning. Hey, least I could do. It was uh, the most fat pack things of you to do today, and I appreciate. <laughs> you know, I'm just going with the theme. You know, it's true. He wants to be one. That's he all wants it to is. be That's one. It. He wants to be. Un- I, I aspire to be you guys. You are. You're. You're in. As of right now, with the donuts, you're in auto- automatically. There you go. All right. We're glad to hear it. We're now a three man show. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I've seen Frank walking around helping us out behind the Beckett booth with the redemption program, and he's been on the floor, and he's get, he's wearing this shirt called the Pit, the Pit. And I, I really, I honestly, I don't mean to be disparaging or anything. I don't know what the, I didn't know what the Pit was, and then he educated me on it, and uh, it was really pretty cool. I'm sure that most of our listeners do know what the Pit is. Yep. But but, if, but for the ones that don't, yeah. why don't you give us a rundown, please? Okay. Briefly, we are an online sports card marketplace. Okay. We kind of operate like the stock market. Okay. So instead of like investing into like Ford or you know General Motors, you'd invest in right right now. The hot guy is Aaron Judge, sure, Corey Seager, Corey Bellinger, yep. and guys like that. So you'd go to our website www.thepit.com and you type in the search box Seager, Corey Seager, and it'll show you all the cards that are available for Corey Seager. Okay, and we trade them. We use the term trade because we're based on the smart market. We use. We trade them in different grades in different types. Okay. So we may have 15 different Corey Seager cards. Some okay. are ungraded, some are graded, some are PSA, some are BGS, and etc. So you'd go in and let's say you're looking for a BGS Corey Seager card. You look at the, the landing page for Corey Seager and it'll sure. show you all the different ones we have. 
we have a buy price and a sell price. Okay. So the buy price is what someone on the pit.com, either a customer or the house, is willing to pay for that particular car. And that, those prices are guaranteed. Okay. So, you know, once it's there, you want to sell it to us at that price, great. We'd love to have it. Okay. Sweet. And because we treat them as a commodity, as far as we're concerned, they're all created equal. Uh, every PSA 8 is created equal. Every BGS 9.5 is created equal. Okay. And okay. So Which it, is a little different than than what some of the market is now. Right. It is right. a little bit different. A little bit different. Okay. Because a lot of people, what happens is they'll, they'll buy a, uh, a boatload of a particular player, and then they'll have it hold it for it, like you would in your stock portfolio. Right. And then they'll watch as the market fluctuates, and then they can buy more or, or sell and never take delivery of the product. Okay. Interesting. It's... It's advanced beyond what I want to get involved yeah, it, with, but it's, it sounds simple. But I'm well, just you don't like, have to. You don't have to have the cards. You don't have to store. Yeah, you don't have to store them. And then nope. if you do sell them, you don't have to ship them. Nope. Right. So I mean, you're, yeah. it's kind of cool. Oh yeah, it, it, it's definitely you know for the person who likes to, to speculate. And the one thing nice about it is, especially in the modern players, you can actually w- follow their progress and see how they're doing, and then go to the pit and see how the market fluctuates depending on performance. Sure. Oh, okay. That's wild. So it's kind of like day trading. You know what? Okay, I'll buy that. Especially for baseball season, because there's a game every that's about right. every day and for then, like nine then, months. Know, so yeah, it's going and up. And there's down. the overlay. You know, baseball obviously is the big one. You have football, basketball. Right. We don't really do a lot with hockey. I don't know. If it's because we're based in Los Angeles, okay, area, or it's just it's it could just be a, hockey. It just be <laughs> hockey. Yeah, really, it could be hockey. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> the you one know, for the. the the one sport I like. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, um, if if somebody makes a trade, right? How and they want their their cards? How do they get them from the pit? Okay. They what you what they do? They would have a trading account like you would on a brokerage account. You'd have a trading account. Okay. And once you establish, and those are free, by the way. You would establish your account, and then all your holdings would be listed in your account, and then there's a. There's a drop-down that says, ship my cards to me. Okay. And then you look, it'll bring up all the cards in your portfolio, and you just click on the ones that you want sent to you. Okay. And there is a shipping fee, or but it's minimal, course. and yeah. then we will ship the cards out to them. Okay. So Very nice. Where, where are these stored? I mean, how, how big we is have your facility? A, it's, a, it's a fairly good size security, state-of-the-art alarm system. It's Okay. It's nobody's getting to the stuff. Okay. I got you. That's, That's cool. That's awesome. Nobody's so getting to it. what kind of fees are involved Okay. as far as like trading and okay. getting involved to, and whatnot? For trading itself, there are no fees. Awesome. Okay. So you can buy it fee-free. You can sell it free-free. Right. Okay. Okay. But uh, let's say you're a seller and you want to uh, cash out and take out your cash. There's a 10% fee for that. Okay. 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 Gotcha. And that's how we make our, make our money. That's not horrible. Also, if you, were to, if you have a card that you want to sell you have listed maybe on multiple venues yeah and the pit being one of them if you're selling on the pit and then you send it to us and it's not in your account that's an extra five percent okay uh, okay okay be- because there are si- situations where people sell stuff and sure it's easier for us when somebody buys something from us it's, it's some more sometimes not all the time but sometimes they want to take the immediate delivery okay and if somebody sells it to it that's not in their account we have to wait for it to get it to us sure and then we in turn send it to the customer Makes so sense. it kind of discourages discourages that part of it but got it now how long have you been around the pit uh okay the pit itself was founded around 2001 okay the t- tops company eventually oh, okay. used it for their bowman redemption programs sure. back 2001 to 2005 tops sold it to a company called 
Nextcom.com, which later became Sportsbuy in okay. 2006. Okay. Okay. They they had it for a while, and then they decided to go in a different direction. So one of the biggest customers of the pit, Mark Humphreys, uh, he went ahead and bought it with his corporation, BidAsk 24-7 okay. LLC. And he's had it since 2011. All right. I, I was one of the original employees at Nextcom back in 2001. Okay. And then I came, I left, I came, I left. And uh, when Mark Humphreys bought it in 2011, he brought me on as the operations manager. Sure. And then at that point, it was based with Natscom in Los Angeles. And at that point, we made a decision to move it closer to where I live. So it, it is in Oxnard. <laughs> okay. Oh, beautiful uh, place. Oxnard. Go. Yeah. Hold on. I didn't know you were from Oxnard. Yep. That is one of the most beautiful places in the world, in my opinion. You know why? Temperature what? doesn't get over like 85. Nope. You know, it's, no. It's beautiful. Well, yeah. You know, we get the ocean breeze. <laughs> exactly. It is, it is nice. That no, sounds nice. It's it's so nice there. It's where the Cowboys uh, have yeah. their training facility. Uh, the their training, training oh, okay. facility is about a mile and a half from where our warehouse is. Oh, my okay. goodness gracious. I got to come to your That's warehouse. That's one reason I wouldn't live there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Traffic does get a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ocean breeze is what got me about Oxnard. Oh, yeah. you, you can, like, just... No need for air conditioning. You know, yeah, you, the closer you oh, get to the, nice. to the ocean, the better it is, man. And, man, I, now I'm a big fan of yours, Frank. It's, <laughs> we need to be friends. Let's hang out. <laughs> cool. Oh, so, um, say somebody does does want to get their car shipped to them what's the whole turnaround process what five days six days uh you know it really depends on when they make the request if they make it late on a friday sure. we don't work on weekends okay right, right. but if they make it like early on monday morning depending on the volume it may go out that day or the next day okay okay we Pretty try to get the stuff out as quickly as possible when people send their cards into us we try to get them checked into their account as quickly as possible so they can either settle the trades that they've made or go ahead and start trading with new product that they new have. Product. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so we don't want we don't want to have a lot of lag time, and it, it really depends on the given volume at any given day. Some okay. days are much more busier than others. Mondays especially because we have everything from the weekend that comes in. Okay, got it. Perfect. How many how many users do would you think you have? We have registered users probably about ten thousand. Okay, uh, ten to twelve thousand active users, probably about. Uh, a thousand people look at it on a, at, a, at any given time okay, all right. during the course of a month. And active traders, there's several hundred. Oh, wow. All right. We'll yeah. have two more by the time the yeah, weekend yeah. starts. But so by yeah, the, by the time's the over. Starts, yeah. As soon as we get internet access, Paul and I are signing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sign up. I definitely well, want to You know what? I'm going to make a special offer to your listeners. Okay. Okay, awesome. If we they, love special If they offers. go uh, to the com, open an account. Okay. And then send us an email at customer.service at thepit.com and tell me they heard about it via Fat Packs. I'll put 10 bucks in their account so they can check it out. Damn. There you go, guys. That's awesome. There you go. Frank hooking you guys up. Frank hooking you up with $10 free money at the pit. Yeah. Right. All you have to do is just sign up up for a new account. Okay. Send me an email, customerservice at thepit.com. Tell me, hey, I heard you on Fat Packs. We'll take care of you. There you go. Frank, just making things happen today. Thank, thank you for that. That's yeah, amazing. That's awesome. I, no, I hope you stuff. guys uh, take advantage of that. And uh, let us know how you like it, too, because I'm uh, Paul and I are both definitely interested, and we're going to go check it out. Oh, for sure. Uh, as soon as we get uh, done with this interview here, we're going straight to the Internet. <laughs> check yeah, it there out. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Frank, we're going to run you out of here because we got another guy coming real soon. So I just wanted to appreciate. Uh, I want to say thank you, and we appreciate your time. Yeah, man. No problem at all. Thank you for your time. Gentlemen, right, have a good day. All right, too. Bye-bye. This is Lisa from Never Enough Cards and Evolution Sports Marketing. I'm here with the Fatback Guys, and this is Beckett Radio. Paul, 
What's up, bud? We started at nine, like nine fifteen this morning before the doors even opened. Dude, I've said my ten thousand words today. Yeah, it's your ten thousand words. I said them already, man. So uh, let's 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 do a quick rundown. We had uh, Thomas okay. Fish yep. and and Alan Nars on again. They did, yes. To talk did. about National Baseball Card Day. We did. Then we had um, who was next? Uh, Rich Miller from the Sports Collector Daily. Cool dude. Right. Then then cool dude. into Mike Payne. Right into Mike Payne. And right now. Then we, we had, had the pit. The pit. Then we, we had the pit. pit. Yep. Yeah, Frank was here at the pit. Yep. And now this is. Honestly, the like my get of the weekend. Your this, get? This is my get. All right, this your is, get. All right. This is the one I was looking forward to the most. <laughs> All right. This we're is, building them up. This is the one, the only. <laughs> Brent Knott joining us on the phone. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Doing I, great. I said phone. You like, did say phone. Yes. Like phone. <laughs> phone. He's in person, man. He's in person. <laughs> He's got the same face we do for, for radio. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're all, we're all. Good looking gentlemen. Yes. yes. Um, He's got great hair. <laughs> great hair. Dude's got some hair, man. Knows how to wear. Uh, I conditioned it twice this morning. This morning. So yes. that looks good. Yes, my man. Brent is, of course, the uh, amazing and talented artist who did our latest sketch card of Paul and I, uh, which is featured on our new uh, card that we're signing for, for guests, uh, if they so care to have one. But uh, <laughs> uh, Brent is the artist that did that. He was, he, if you remember, if you've listened to the show for any time, we've talked about uh, sports art for a while. We love sports artists. And he was uh, one of the fr- like first or second on the show. And uh, we're just, it's an honor and privilege to have you here. Thank you, sir, for the artwork, first of all. That Absolutely. was amazing. It, it was great to be part of. And it's been fun to follow you guys. Thank you. All the photos and uh, all the signings I've seen. It's it's, it's, it's been, been quite a ride. It's that's been for quite sure. a ride. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. We walked in. Uh, we walked into the show on on Thursday morning, and this this was the first thing we saw. Wow. And then we were like, wow. That's, <laughs> it's like we've arrived yeah, or something. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I um, heard you talk to the designer yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him. He seemed um, like a nice guy. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah. He's, he's got all kinds of designs for cars, man. He's got great ideas okay. and doing his thing. So, like. Uh, and is he cool. set up here? He is. He's with uh, Top Shelf Brakes. He's yeah. one of the guys okay. helping out over there, and uh, he's okay. got he's got some cars. He's been handing out the people and whatnot. Very so that's cool. cool. It's very cool. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a great conglob- great collaboration on this on this Absolutely. car. Absolutely. Yeah. It. So, what brings you up from Cincinnati? We try to come up each year okay. if it's in Chicago or Cleveland. Okay. And um, just make it a tradition. Spend okay. the day. Come and look and drool at all the things we can't afford and then head back. I think we heard that story once or twice <laughs> yeah. today. <laughs> Sweet. There, cool. You know, there are a lot of sports artists out here on the floor today. There are. Uh, well, been all weekend. It's amazing stuff. Uh, your guys' community is pretty tight, tight-knit and close. And it, it is. We've tried to, to build it. Uh, um, we've got a lot of East Coast. And, sure. and oddly enough, a lot of Cincinnati artists all do it. Okay. Um, but we do keep in contact, and, and it's fun to see the guys on the floor here. Yeah. Because uh, it's not an easy place to sell. Yeah. Everybody's looking for something else. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. That is true. We've, Paul and I have walked around together and just been really shocked and amazed and Absolutely. At stuff that the, the the talent that's on the floor, yeah. you know. It, yeah, there's a lot of people put their heart and soul in it and uh, get in front of a lot of collectors. So even if they don't buy now, somebody may go home and, and commission a piece later. So sure. it's a good idea. Now, what have you been working on lately? We're doing a lot of. Um, I just finished some Aaron Judge. Did some Cubs. Aaron Judge, recently. who's that guy? <laughs> Never yeah. heard of him. <laughs> uh, of course, the Reds. 
Yeah. And then actually have done a lot of music recently. Really? So, okay. Oh. Who, who are we, we talking about there? Johnny Cash. Awesome. Hank Williams. All right. Um, so guys like that. Okay. Kind of mix it up a little bit. We All right. Try to, try to have a, a varied group of, of uh, pieces of art to use. Sweet. So. Okay. Can't Thank go you. wrong with Johnny Cash or yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Hank Williams. That's not good. At all. That's good, man. I wanted to talk to you about a uh, a story that I was kind of following on your page. Um, there was a young a young high school student, I believe, uh, maybe, maybe special needs child. Uh, yes. And you guys, he was a wrestler. Yes. You and you did a piece for him, and you had the reveal and everything. How did that? That was amazing. Please share that with us. We finished the piece. His name is Ralphie. Okay. And he's there in Cincinnati, and we work with the group called uh, Portrait of the Soul. Sure, yeah. And uh, they team up an artist and a child okay. with um, facing some challenge. Okay. The unveiling is actually coming up August 30th. August 30th, okay. okay. So they haven't seen anything. They haven't seen it? All right. Um, we took some photos, and then I wasn't allowed to share anything with the family. So we'll have an unveiling. They'll see it for the first time, and they'll get to keep it from there. Awesome. And... Uh, I can imagine he'll be uh, he'll be he's a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, so. man. I like I was looking at those pictures and uh, when you met the family and everything, he just looks so happy. Yes, you know, just to be a part of it and he, honestly, um, just someone was showing interest in him. Exactly, and that was that was really uh, it, it touched my heart. My uh, my mother worked with special special needs children for the per- first. 14, 15 years of my life, okay. and she's a special needs teacher now. Yeah. So uh, it's. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, and I saw that, and I wanted to ask you about it because he, Ralphie looks amazing. Yeah. He just looks so happy. <laughs> He's happy. We've seen him uh, since. We've gone to baseball games. Okay. And um, he plays a lot of sports. Sure. Um, and my, my father was a special ed teacher, okay. too. All so right. it all okay. kind of fits. Um, but there's, there's uh, children with burn issues. Right. Um, so the group uh, Portrait of Soul does a lot of great work for kids. Awesome. That's great, man. Another community story. You right. know, we've talked yeah, a exactly. lot this weekend about the community, the hobby, the community, the card community. The, you know, Absolutely. The artist it's awesome. This is good stuff to hear, man. Yeah. It's good to hear. You don't hear a whole lot of good news. And this, this, honestly, being here, we've heard so much good news this weekend. Yeah, we really have. And it's yeah. very encouraging. We really for, have. You have for, to look a little bit harder, but it's yeah, out there. Yeah, it's out there. It's, it's out encouraging there. for the hobby. Yeah. It's encouraging just for life itself, you know, exactly. just, to, just to see this stuff going on. So that's awesome. Exactly. So, so you're walking around the floor. Have you found anything? Uh, I know you haven't been here long, but have you found anything uh, Cincinnati Reds related that you could, just got to have right now? Oddly enough, we haven't seen too much Cincinnati stuff. Okay. Um, we've been kind of looking for certain things. We're looking for Oscar Robertson um, items. But sure. Uh, for the most part, it looks like uh, East Coast and Cubs mostly. East, yeah, it, a lot of okay. Cub stuff are on the floor. Yeah, There's a lot so. of Cub stuff. <laughs> a lot of Cub stuff. But it's Stupid it's overwhelming. <laughs> it's it overwhelming. <laughs> it is. It's a it's something you can't do in a day. That's well, for yeah. Sure. Well, we sure. just saw George Washington's autograph. Did you? There you go. And so, like, where do you see that? Exactly. No, you don't. You exactly. just don't. Not on not on an everyday basis. Exactly. Not yet. There's uh there's a there's a, a case right here. Not it maybe it's it's our error. I don't know. But there's a case right here that has nothing but graded Michael Jordan rookies in it. Really? That's yeah. all it is. It's just graded Michael Jordan rookies. And there's a, there's a PSA 9 52 mantle here as well. Yeah. Really? It's, I mean, it's, it's, 52 it's, it's mantle, PSA 9. What, you guys got to pick those up before you head back? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. you know I, I got to go through the rest of the, the change in my car and see if I can find it to, uh, to put the pennies together. We'll see. See what I can come up with. 
Awesome. It, it probably t- probably cost me five bucks to take a picture of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everything costs something. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're going to let you get out of here. I know you got you to search the floor a little bit. I just want to thank you again yeah, for man, your time. Appreciate it. Uh, the art is amazing. Please don't be a stranger, man. Let's Absolutely. do Let's do more together. Yep. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and if you need anything moving forward, you know how to find me. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you very much. Too. If you got anything coming up, let us All know. Right. We'll definitely well, plug I'll it for you. I'll share the Ralphie photos with you. Appreciate awesome. that. Man, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank right, you. This is Wesson from Goat Sports Cards, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. Paul Arino. What's up, man? <sighs> we are. <laughs> We've been up for a long time, I feel like. We have been. I feel we like have it. been. But I feel you like know what, though? This has got to be one of my favorite guests coming up this, right now. On, you know what? We just had Brent Naughton on. Who I can't did even it. introduce him because I don't know his name. <laughs> just can't do it. We just had Brent Naughton on who did our artwork for uh, the card that we have out here today. Uh, we've had out here all weekend. But this, this is something special. This is, um, man, we started our fantasy stuff with football, with football last season. We did. With football. And we jumped, into, uh, we jumped into baseball, which I think we both bit off a little more than we could chew. We could chew. But we had basketball in there, too. And then this gentleman walks up. Hey, we had basketball. Yeah. Too, yep. This gentleman walks up with a Roto Grinder shirt on. Yes, he does. And he said, I say, I say hey, do you, do you use them? He says, hey, I'm blown no core belters. And I'm like, son of a bee. I figured it all out. It went into place. <laughs> <laughs> it went That's into awesome. place. But, uh, Mike. Mike Sommer, right? Yep, Mike Sommer, yep. You're, you're winning the league, aren't you, at this point? I mean, I won the basketball league. Yes, sir. Yep. And with that experience, I wanted to jump into the baseball league, too. And currently I'm in third, I believe. Third, third place. Okay. Third place, yep. Right. Good deal. But that Roto Grinder shirt makes so much sense now. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if I like you anymore or I don't know <laughs> if we can be friends. <laughs> yeah, it's not my day job, but um, – Starting about a year ago, I do some side work and I, I write some fantasy strategy articles okay, for Roto Grinders, okay. right, uh, right. fantasy golf. And then last season, I wrote a weekly article focused on kickers okay. for FanDuel. Really? So, yes. So I'm one of the few yes. people that ha- is a, a contributor and gets uh, gets paid a little something to write strategy for fantasy kickers on Roto Grinders. I was in a kicker only league last year for fantasy because I'm in these two leagues that they want to kick the kickers out of our league. Uh-huh. And I said, no, they matter. And yep. we had a group called Kickers Matter Too. That's right. <laughs> yep. And it was so funny. But of course, I finished like fifth, which I was like, I was. Well, ticked. you should have so been reading. You should have been reading. I, should, I didn't know. You I didn't know. know. Now I know. Now we know. But unfortunately, I lost. So all the kickers are getting kicked out of our leagues this coming up year. Ah, so. see, that's that's a battle. Even I know it. Even at Roto Grinders, some of the guys want to get rid of kickers, and some of the guys love kickers. But it's a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Good now we're, we're looking forward to the upcoming football season because yeah. uh, looking for football. Let's flush baseball down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to football. Football's more manageable. Uh, do you are you a DFS player or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played I played DFS. I played most of the sports. I'm not a big time DFS player. My my sweet spot is in kind of that one to five dollar per contest range. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. You know maybe. Twenty to forty dollars a week, or something like that. So okay. I'm on the the lower end of that. It's more for the fun and the competition for me, but I enjoy the the chance of making a little something on the side too. It is Nothing fun. That, man. Do you play with the golf? Do you, um, DFS yeah. golf. Man. Yeah, played golf. I can't figure that out for the life of me. You I, played like a multi-sport one one yeah, time, right? And you I were like did. looking up like swimming records or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I got people. all the way to the golf <laughs> rounds, and I was doing well. You know, I survived. It was on, it was on DraftKings, and each day it was a different sport. That mm-hmm. you know, and I got all the way to the golf. And I was clueless. Like, I, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. So uh, I've never done well on DFS 
fantasy golf. It just yep. it just sucks. How long have you been listening to the show, man? Uh, about a a year and a half. Okay, or about so. All right. Um, I I like have the stereotypical story that we talk about all the time. Collected as a kid, sure. kind of in the the late high school through through college and sure. and early family days, kind of took a break, but. Um, it was actually about fall of 2015. Okay. I was withdrawing some of my fantasy sports winnings and said, what am I going to do with this? Nice. Stumbled across uh, an online ad from DA Card World, actually. Okay. Bought a few of their clearance, kind of sure. Christmas, Thanksgiving sale type things. All right. Got back into it. Um, looked up in my town, Bloomington Normal, Illinois, about uh, two hours south of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and found a local card shop, went in there, um, built a relationship there with Sean Phillips. Sure. Uh, Collectible oh, Corner, you guys Sean. have interviewed, yeah, interviewed really well. him before on, yeah. the, on the show. Yeah. Um, and through that, I've just kind of got back into the hobby awesome. and, and uh, start, found you guys again. You know, always had Beckett's growing up and all that. And so it's just Good been deal. a lot of fun getting back plugged in and buying and selling and add to my personal collection and all that kind of stuff too. Cool. So what do you PC yeah, in so there? That was my next question. Uh, a lot of Cubs. Sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> I grew up a Cubs fan. It's a good place for that. Um, I also am one of the maybe few set builders. still like to put together Whoa, sets. He's a set builder. And nice. so um, like enjoy putting together it. some sets and, <laughs> and getting to see all that. So those are probably the main things that I, I try to put together at this point. Uh, awesome, you're, man. you're probably a little too late for it, but upper deck and top shelf bray was it no it was upper was it up, wait, i don't know where you're the going self, the set builder contest that they were doing it was upper oh, deck it was yes, upper deck at gts yes yeah so what they were doing was over this weekend they were having a progressive set building contest that give you you know an easy set to mm-hmm. to tap to capitalize on for it in the first couple of rounds so it was a round of eight sure okay. and it was like you know a bracket challenge and whoever came to upper deck booth and completed said set got to move on okay so they've been doing that all weekend i need to get an update on how that is going but that's a unique concept set builders are are, have gone the way of the past right i mean they are unfortunately and that's why we try to do that set breaker with uh with david wright we try to have him on talk about the old sets and collecting and whatever and uh, we need to have him on we haven't had him on in a little bit of time but uh, david has been um Traveling, he was traveling, traveling. Okay. and then he okay. had a family emergency, so gotcha. uh, haven't been able to get him on. But All right, we'll get him on soon. It's soon. really been the niche, I think, that that worked well for me, or that's worked well for me. I enjoy the variety, sure. And you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily chasing those big high dollar cards, and and so the fact that I'm buying you know these the the base sets, the tops, or whatever, and I get right. to see everything, or I'm buying base and inserts and that kind of thing, I get to get a lot of cards of some of my favorite players, whether growing up or today, and mm-hmm. it doesn't cost me an arm and a leg, and, and I kind of like that. And being that so many people are chasing the hits and chasing those other things, um, it, it's filling a niche for me that, that that really makes me find what I want to be able to find and add to what I want to be able to add to, and it's, sure. it's worked well. It's true, and that, awesome. that lower to, that mid-range lower stuff, a lot of times you can find in dollar boxes and stuff because they just, they're not, yeah, a lot of like, a lot of dealers are just putting that stuff aside. Yep. You can pick it up really cheap, so yep. that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So what's your best find so far here today? I just, just walked in. Oh, okay. okay. Um, just in, okay. I just walked in and, and wanted to come over and see if you guys were around. So, oh, right, yeah, awesome. this is my first day of my first national, and so wow. I'm a little bit awesome. overwhelmed right now, but, awesome. but I am going to uh, do what I can to, to find some deals and see what I can pick up. There's amazing stuff on the floor. We've, we've mentioned it several times already in the show. But, um, geez, you, if this is your first time, this is because this is my first time, I had to, like, like take a step back and take a breath and be like, where do I go? You know, yep. what do I do? Yep. Uh, it, it's it's fun. I'm, I'm almost like a kid in a candy store just because, you know, I'm, I'm not so much on the cards, but the memorabilia and the signed pieces and all that kind of stuff. 
It's amazing, man. It's amazing. The Leland Auction, If you the, like right when you work, walk into the front door, Leland's Auctions is right there. Go check out their cases. See what they have in that auction because you will just be – your breath will be taken away. Yeah, so when, I've, when I've seen some of the, the tweets and the pictures that people have been putting out there, it's like, it's like half – card show half museum almost yeah, yeah. some of the types of things that you can see here so yeah. i'm i'm pretty excited about the rest of my day and it's just a walk down history too i mean there's so much stuff here you know to be able to see and you just see so it's just awesome yep it's, it's awesome. Really awesome i saw that that psa 9 uh mickey mantle rookie okay. 52 and it's like probably won't see that car too many times yeah, you know right. so it's been a blast um on and he evan mathis was on the show yesterday uh super bowl champion it's fun to watch just to watch people walk by his booth and not know that yeah. they're walking by a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, yep. he's totally set up here. He's yeah. got some killer stuff. Kill, you yeah. Go by there. You can which, see a Super which Bowl booth ring. is he in? 1025. 1025. Okay. If, if you go to the Breaker Pavilion, it's just right right in front of it to the uh, on the left. And you can't miss him. You, can, okay. you can't miss him. He's <laughs> you can't miss massive. Him, man. He's a big but, dude. like, go check out his cases and stuff. He's got his PC stuff out there for you to see. But then he's got cards that would just make you drool, man. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Very collection. cool. Hey, I heard him. I heard him yesterday. Uh, speaking of Evan Mathis, there's Sean. Um, oh. <laughs> I heard. Uh, I heard him tell a, a guy yesterday as he was uh, making a deal. He said, "He said, tell me a price, and know that I'm not going to counter it." So whatever this guy was going to tell him, right? Evan was going to pay for it. Wow. So it's. That's pretty cool, man. He, he's uh, go introduce yourself. Tell him the fat pack sent you down there. Okay. He loves the hobby. He loves the show, and he loves everything about it. So he, he loves meeting fans too. So Very cool. It's yeah. a it's a good deal. All right, man. We're yeah. gonna get you out of here because I know that you want to go see stuff. Uh, Paul and I actually have a couple more interviews lined up right quickly. So thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Sure, nice to meet you guys. Right. You too, man. Right. You guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, Chief Brake Officer here at Top Shelf Brakes, and you are listening to the Fat Pack, Eric and Paul, on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after a quick break, and we're going right into a pack horse here. Had a fan walk by, yep. and his son's with him, so we got some boxes here we have to open. Well, yeah, it's a shame we have to open we, them. We have it just to makes open. Me, makes me sad. So Hayden <laughs> and Carson are joining us on the mics to uh, let's do a little pack horse, and uh, our, our good friend Mr. Scott Bedgood is behind us recording this, so this will be posted at some point in time, but uh, let's go. Uh, first hit. Yeah, first hit. First hits will keep whatever cards that are open at that time, and the second hit will keep the rest of the cards. All right, so you guys grab your first pack. Anyway, this is a 2017 foot, uh, Classics Football from uh, from Panini. There you go. All right, All open right. it up. Let's go, guys. Let's go. We're looking for one auto and one mem per box, so we're going to have two hits. Two hits. First hit will win the stack, and then we'll go to the next stack. You guys uh, you guys ever done pack wars before? Uh, no. No? Oh, all right, okay, cool. all right. All, all right. right, good deal. We're flipping and we're looking. Flipping we're flipping and we're looking. looking. Any hits at all? Any, Any hits? hits? No big hits, all right. All right. Just stack them up. Stack Move to the up. next one. Just put them right there in the middle. Right there in the middle. There you Move go. to the next one. There we go. All right. All right. Go to the next pack. Next pack. We're looking for autos. We're looking for jersey cards. Autos and jerseys. Oh, <laughs> I think I already got one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's calling it. He's calling He's it. Calling it. Or is oh. it a slug? Slug. It's a plug. Thank you out. Oh, oh, yeah, oh the, there it is. the little brother came through. Okay, right, said it. Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Oh, uh, it's a Redskin. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith, Bruce Smith right. for the Taking Redskins. Good deal. All right, all right. so let's stack up all these cards, and these are going to go to Carson. All right. All right. There you go boom. That's all that's right. yours, Carson. Yep. We'll move this over here for you, my man. All right. And all let's right. open up the rest. Go there's, ahead. Whoever there's gets an the auto left. Get the rest, whoever right? gets the auto we'll gets the rest. Whoever gets the auto. Whoever gets. We'll get that at that time, and then we'll figure out something. We'll figure out something else. All right. All right. Here we go. Rookies are harder than Spike. Remember, they are there's hard only to get like one or two. Yep. They are. 
Boom. Oh, are we faker? Yeah, I got a faker. He called it a faker. That's a it is a faker. That's awesome. It is a faker. All right, put him in the middle. Put him in the middle. Going. Go to the next one. Next pack. All right, here we go. Aiden, you're wearing a Cardinals sh uh, jersey. Are you a Cardinals fan? Yeah. Yeah, who's your player? Uh, Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright. All, All right. right. There right. we go. All right. Good stuff. And Carson's sporting a fat pack shirt. Yeah, I'm Carson's got a, you know oh, what, uh, default winner. Did you get the auto? Yep. I got, oh, the auto. I got the auto. Nice. Who'd you get? Um, Juju Smith Chester. All right. Nice. Can you, can you show the camera for us? Can you show them what you got? There you, there go. you go, little USC oh, action. It's out of 49. Out of 49. Out of 49. Awesome. There you go. All right, so this this stack of cards is yours. And you, he'll get that what he's got there. All right. So. Uh, hold on. What, what's your favorite football team? Uh, the Bears. The Bears. You sir? The Bears. The Bears. All right. First, next, next pack, next stack. First Bears player. First Bears player. Looking for the Bears. Looking for the Bears. Appropriate because we're here in Chicago. Hold on. Appropriate because right. we're here in Chicago. Uh, I got another plug. Got another plug. No, no. Still flipping. Still going. All right, put them in the middle. All right, here we go. Here we go. Next looking pack. for Bears, right? Bears? He's got two packs left. Yeah, we're looking for Bears. Bears, Bears, Bears. How about the new Bear? The Mitchell Trubisky. That Mitchell would be a great Trubisky, pull. a nice rookie of that would Mitchell be a great Trubisky. Bear, bear, bear. Anybody, anybody. Oh, I got a bear. Oh, all right, there, there you is. go. Who'd you get? Who'd there you it get? Is. Um, Dan Hampton. Dan, Dan Hampton. Hampton. All right, awesome. All right, all so right. He gets all those. He gets all those. Last. There you go. Last two packs. You know what? You guys just open them up. And open have them fun up, man. It. Yep. Open them up. Keep what you get. There you go. You guys like pack words? This is your first time doing it. You have fun? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Except for the fakers. Except for the fakers. The fakers, yeah. man. They I get you every faker. time. <laughs> the fakers. This pack is so hard. It's so, they're, they're Carson, not what'd you get, man? Did you get anything good in the last one? Ah, oh, there we go. No. No? No? All no, right. You get a rookie or an insert or anything like got that? Yeah, a rookie. What'd oh, you cool. get? Who'd you get? Um, Malik McDowell. Oh, okay. Malik McDowell. All right. All right. Good yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, All I right. got a numbered card. Okay, what'd you get? What'd you get? Uh, they, uh, they Sean oh, Kaiser. Kaiser. Oh, Deshaun Kaiser for the for the Browns. That's okay. a great, very nice, awesome. That's very, very cool. Nice. He very may nice. start for the Browns at this point. Yeah, this at year. this point in time. <laughs> oh, very cool. All right. Is that Jabril Peppers? What? Was that Jabril Peppers? No, I think what? it was. What did you get? Let me see. What'd you get? Uh, oh, Jordan, Jordan Lewis. Lewis. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Right, cool. All right, guys. There thing. you go. There you, you go. You just got a nice stack of cards. Those are all yours, my man. Those are all yours. Thanks. Those all right. are all yours. Good stuff. Yep, that's fine. Hey guys, You're thanks welcome. for joining us, and uh, we'll be uh, this podcast will be up a little later. We'll have the video up, guys, so you can see it. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks cool. for stopping by. All right. Have a good rest of the show. This is RBI Crew Seven from St. Louis, Missouri, and you're listening to Fat Packs on Beckett Radio. All right, Paul. We're back after that quick break. I say quick. It's actually been a couple hours since we've done a segment. Dude, we had to eat. We had to eat. We had to eat. <laughs> <laughs> we had to eat. Uh, man, we are a big proponent of sports art on this uh, podcast. We had Brent Naughton on earlier. We did. And we, uh, anybody that listens to the show know that, knows that we love sports art. And as we were walking the floor here at the National, we came across some amazing freaking work. I told you we were going to watch his balls for the next 15 minutes. Mr. Steve Walden is with us uh, I don't know how to describe what you do other than it's fantastic. It's 3D, it's 3D art. art. Is right? that yeah. what it is? Yeah, it's 3D art. It's 3D art, and it's amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. So before we get into that, though, let's tell us a little bit about yourself. How long you've been involved doing this? Uh, are you a collector? Did you collect as kids? Kind of stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So I grew up uh, right when the the hobby just boomed. So oh. like we're talking late '80s. Okay. You know, it's like I remember uh, opening the '89 upper deck packs and sure. looking for the Griffies. Um, then got out of the hobby for a while, and then uh, I think it was until I actually got back. Well. I have to back up and say that it's kind of a fractured story and that that's my collecting history. My history of as, as an artist, though, doesn't start until 2014. That was the first oh, time wow. I ever picked up a paintbrush. Okay. Real that's, recent. So It's like, yeah. Like three years ago. He learned really quick. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. quick. It's kind of like a Rain Man situation. I had no idea that I had this hidden talent, but I was actually pursuing my master's to be a therapist. And oh, really? then yeah. I took a class in an art therapy and my classmate said, holy crap, dude, you can paint. You, you really need to do something with this. Wow. And I, uh, I went ahead and I submitted to uh, an amateur show, got in, social media picked it up, uh, way led on the way. And since then, I've worked with uh, sports teams, professional athletes, and now here I am on the floor of the national. There you go. Is this your first national? This is my first national, Mine yeah. Mine too, man. This is a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts going on here. This is a lot of really cool stuff. This is the first like 3D art I've been close to, too. Like, this is like really cool. <laughs> this is like, you know, you know what it is? It, it's much cooler than this, but it's kind of like, you remember those um, those posters or pictures back in the 90s when you had to look at them and stare at them? Magic really, Eye. Yeah, Magic Eye. Yeah. Uh, mall rats. It's a schooner. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to make the reference. I thought it would be too obscure, but yeah, it was a schooner, you dumbass. Yeah. It's a schooner, you it's dumbass. It's a sailboat. <laughs> uh, the Easter Bunny isn't real. Okay. Um, this reminds me of that, but it's like so much cooler because the way it pops, you know, obviously you can see the image. You're not, you're not searching for it. But uh, these are just amazing. I know this makes perfect radio because uh, you can't <laughs> see what we're talking about. We're going to go uh, take, some, uh, take some shots. But uh, how did you start working with this medium? Uh, with uh, with 3D art specifically, so the very first amateur show that I went into, okay. there was another artist that was using this technique. He was doing more abstract things. His name is Nelson Perez. He's out of St. Louis as well. And um, the short answer is, I totally stole the idea. Oh, okay. You know? awesome. And um, you yeah, know, man of honesty. It's it's the line you know Picasso says, all artists steal. Right. Um, but Nelson and I we became great friends. And Nelson's stuff is a totally different subject matter, totally different execution. The way that the 3D works, it uses. It, it harnesses bright colors. I was already using bright colors in my work, sure. um, which you can see on stephenwalden.com. But, uh, but what I did after I learned the technique and how it worked, I just changed the way that I arranged the colors within the space. Okay. And that, that really harnesses this 3D effect. Wow. That's way above my pay grade. But yeah, man, that's like <laughs> yeah, sounds that's amazing. so far over my head. I just want to look at it. Yeah, so uh, Paul's looking at a picture of Bob Gibson. We have is this Taves here? Yeah, Jonathan Taves. So we have Taves uh, uh, over on uh, my side of the thing. Um, thank you for providing the 3D glasses as well, so we can see the full yeah, effect. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, over at your booth, man, you you just got a, kind of a, a plethora of, of who's who in the hobby right now, from from Ozzy Smith to uh, Chris Bryant. Uh, what are some of your favorite subject matters to paint? Oh man, my, uh, whoever's getting whoever I'm getting paid to do—that's okay. my favorite. Yeah. Hey, yeah, just like an artist, right? <laughs> just like an artist. Yeah, I got health insurance bills to pay. Sure. No, I mean I think it's that um, 
it, it, it really varies. I mean, uh, one of my upcoming projects is actually going to be Curtis Joseph, the old St. Louis Blues goalie oh, okay. named Cujo. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward to that because um, he's a, a real fan favorite, and I've got an idea for how I want to actually do the pose of the piece. And that's the other thing is that when I'm painting uh, some of the guys that are from uh, before the age of digital cameras and digital photography, sure. there aren't as many really high-quality photos to use, oh. so I have to make my own photo references. And the way that I'm doing this one is I'm actually using uh, an old McFarlane uh, sports figure Sweet. to get like an angle from underneath the goalie. Okay. So it's a, it's a shot that I couldn't get otherwise. There's an Ozzy Smith backflip piece that I've done that I've used uh, an action figure photo reference, a Walter Payton. Sure. So it, it helps me get angles, and you know, in those ways, you know, I own the photos and I have much more control over you know how I do that. Sure. That's fantastic, man. I mean, that's just it's amazing that you come up with this. So what is um. So you asked him what his favorite piece was. Right? Yeah, or what his favorite subject. So, 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 so do you have do you a anything piece? other than sports? Yeah, uh, pop culture. You know, okay. um, really sports and pop culture. That's my wheelhouse. You know, it's like we talk mall rats. It's sure. like you know, that's 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 totally uh, up my alley. Um, I, you know, it's uh, favorite things to paint. Uh, again, as a child of the '80s, uh, Superman, Chris Reeve, Superman. Right, you know, right. that's a big one for me. Um, and I, I'm doing a lot more comic-related stuff uh, in the future. Going to be doing some more comic-related conventions, sci-fi conventions, and those things. Sweet. Um, because you can only do sports so much, and especially since I live in St. Louis, we only have two teams now. Right. So it's, right. you know, we've got right. baseball and we got hockey. So, right. man, that's, that's not to say that Los Angeles now is a football team either, because I don't think the Rams count. I don't so. think they count either. <laughs> hey, you know what? This would I was just sitting here looking at this. You know what this would make? This would make a great baseball card. It really would. They should really like somehow like scale it down. And then, like, be able to put these impacts. Oh, like the ones he has right here in front of us. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, I think that I think that's just a great idea, though. Well, I agree completely, and you know, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to come to the national is to make sure that I would be able to actually network with some of these, you know, gatekeepers. That sure. you know, because it's not just about you know buying cool stuff when you're a vendor, or at least where I am. It's like I wanted to talk with people that are the powers that be. That uh, that that have you know the the access to the card companies and so yeah I've spoken with you know Panini and Tops and gonna try to wrangle Upper Deck you know and there are a bunch of other people that you know I'm I'm approaching and uh, and they were approaching me you know with ideas about how to actually translate this into uh, something that gets out to the mass market. That's what, awesome. what you have in front of us here is is this is this you or is it Bryant? Which that's Bryant. Okay, that's Bryant. Kind of looks. Thank you. I'm really flattered <laughs> to <laughs> ever be confused with the beauty that is Chris Bryant. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, first of all, it's the '87 tops design, which is my favorite. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Um, the wood grain. I yeah, mean, the you wood can't grain. Beat that. No, you can't. Uh, as Again, I s- a child of the '80s. Right. Everything had to be wood grain. Right. As Even I said, the station wagon. Yeah. <laughs> as I, as I was say, as I said, <laughs> I said, as I said on a few episodes ago, '87 tops was was the station wagons of yeah. of, <laughs> of the baseball cards. But I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, so, th- how? Yeah, I'm just like blown away that they can't just take that and just put it on a card right now because. I mean, I know, I know that there's work, there's work got to go into it, but it translates really well. Yeah, and one of the things that's really surprising about the 3D effect is that people ask me all the time. Well, when they first see the effect, they say, "Oh, is it is it 3D paint?" I'm like, "No, it's just it's uh, is it special paint that you use?" Mm-hmm. And you know, my stock answer is no. It's a special artist. Sure. Um, but uh, but it <laughs> translates really well into prints. I mean, as you can see with the Bob Gibson print, with the Taze print that you have in front of you, that it's you know the 3D effect it still replicates you know even in printed form because it has nothing to do with um, the paint that I use, it's all about color. Sure, okay. 
all about color. And wow. again, you use really bright colors. Just almost looks like a night bright or something like that with, yeah, the, with the colors. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. There's some. I mean, again, I mean, keep going back to the '80s thing. But if we okay. think about '80s neon and Miami Vice, sure. and, you know, and, and the color palette, you know, the the those bright neons, the Cindy Lauper stuff. I mean, those are things that are absolutely, sure. you know, embedded into my subconscious, and they come out into my work. People ask me all the time. It's because I also use fire a lot uh, in my pieces. Like, there's an Andre Dawson piece, and his bat is flaming, or oh, okay. Larry birdies dribbling and the ball's on fire and people ask me someone asked me once you know is this like to show the passion and the rage of you know the inner rage the the directed rage and of uh, of the athlete and how you know they sublimate that anger i said no i just played a lot of freaking nba jam when exactly i, was a kid. <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. I knew boom it. shakalaka yeah, i knew that was coming that's, that's so awesome. awesome, man. So are are your pieces in any galleries, like sports galleries or, or team galleries in St. Louis or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I'm in some galleries in St. Louis. Uh, I don't know that any that uh, the viewers be aware of, Codner Gallery, which is really uh, – flattering to be in a gallery that has actual Leroy Neiman's and Picasso's and Chagall's that okay. are hanging on yeah, the walls, yeah. you know, and then, oh, and here's a Stephen Walden, and you know, Stephen it's kind of like one of these things is not like the other, you know, it's right, like, right. I don't fit, but it's, it's at the same time, it's, it's still flattering. And I just think that, you know, it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, I just got to keep chopping wood and carrying water to make sure that, you know, I, I, I do earn those places, uh, as, as my career evolves. Because I, I, I'm still new. I've got that new artist smell. Right. So. Right. For three years, you've been doing this for three years. And yeah. This is a really I'm still amazed that you've only been doing this three years. Yeah, like yeah, I, you know, I drew in high school, but uh, I didn't do anything with paint. I was always intimidated by paint, you know, because okay. painting was like I, I don't know. With drawing, you have much more control over pencil, and you can erase. That's true. Yeah. Whereas with painting, you know, it's it's there was there was this barrier to me. And I talk with other artists right now who are they're pencil artists. There are a lot of color pencils and graphite pencil sports artists who are out there, and they ask me about painting, and I just say. Go ahead and take the plunge, man. But it's like they have that same anxiety that I would of kind of like getting up to the high dive and peering over, but deciding, nope, I'm going to go back down the ladder. There's no way that I'm going to take that dive. Sure. But it's, it's, um, it was really, it was just going to that art therapy class, you know, that it uh, gave me permission to, to just let loose. It's like the, the George Bush story. George Bush started painting. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He, he had the Port- Portraits of Courage that just came out. And, same thing he was doing. He was just going to an art class, and mm-hmm. the teacher was like, "Hey, you can really do this." So, yeah, uh, there yeah. you go. I just compared you to a, a yeah. president. First time I've been compared to W and Chris Bryant. There so. you go. <laughs> God, I love it. Who else can we get in before the end of this uh, segment? <laughs> That's awesome. Let's go. That's well, awesome. Donald Trump is. Re- no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, that could be. That could that be, be sad. Although I could, I would imagine his hair on one of these would be kind of cool, though. Yeah, it probably <laughs> 3D would. 3D effect blowing in the wind. So, how long does it take you to do it? Like, start. To finish to complete a piece yeah so um i tell people it depends on how much caffeine i've had okay uh, because sometimes uh, i tell people too you know I, ideally i would like to have a week a week and a half even two weeks it depends on the size of the piece how complex it is um because there there's a bush stadium piece that i've done and a winter classic stadium piece that i've done and stadium pieces there's some of my most popular but good lord i hate painting them they're just so much detail. They're so intricate. And it's math. You know, there's yeah. vanishing points. There's much more precision involved where it's like I have much more um, expressive uh, latitude when I'm doing uh, uh, pieces that are not architecture. Sure. And the other thing is that by doing a piece with a person in it, they have a face. You know, sure. If I'm doing, you know, a stadium, there's no face. I don't right. really identify with it as well. But people love it. So I think it's great. 
I'm a, cool. I'm a fan right now. A huge fan. I was a fan this morning when I walked by for the first time. <laughs> I was a fan when you let, let when you brought him back <laughs> and showed to me. Awesome. <laughs> Good All stuff. right, uh, we have another interview coming up, man. So I, I gotta I gotta run you off. I'm sorry about that, but before you go, please tell our listeners where they can go to find your work. Yeah, you can check me out at Stephen Walden, S-T-E-V-E-N-W-A-L-D-E-N.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at Stephen Walden, on Twitter at Stephen Walden, and on Facebook, which on my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Stephen Walden Art. Also, Chris Bryant. You can check out. AKA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my twin. Yeah, yeah. your twin. That's so, man, I want to appreciate, I've said that five he, times. You know, he, he is he is. He does have something in common with Chris Bryant. What's that? They both can hit home runs very well. Yeah. Oh, these are home runs. look at that! Are look at runs. that! So these go. are definitely home runs. <laughs> home runs. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming over and um, talking with us. This is a great stuff. You have two new, very big fans, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Not a problem, man. Bye, bye. This is Marcel from the Summit Show, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. Paul Arino. Hello. This is interview number 10 of the day. Number 10. Number 10. And uh, we got a guy that looks like the number one in the number 10. He does. <laughs> he does. He does. I think the ladies think he's a 10. Though. I think he's a 10. Yeah. Only my a- wife, guys. Only, Only my wife. wife. <laughs> and even that's questionable some days. Kelsey Schroyer? Is that right, Kelsey? Schroyer. Yeah. I got to get it That's right. actually closer than most people have known me for 20 plus years uh, get it. So. Oh, really? Well, there wow. we go. Formerly of uh, ESPN Mint Condition, uh, producer of that show, um, and then... On to bigger and better, better things, hopefully. Maybe. I mean, it's fun working with the GTS yeah. guys. I do a little yeah. bit of contributing work for them here and there, covering the show for them. It's a really great group of guys. You know, Rob Bertrand, Ivan Lovgren, they've been doing a great job of Go GTS Live. I mean, it's kind of similar to your show. It's a way to just get the hobby out to people. Sure. I mean, anytime we can get exposure to the hobby is a great thing. I mean, especially for – because that's the thing. Especially this year, we've seen a lot of the negatives, a lot of the big story stuff sometimes that you don't always want to see. And I know they say – all publicity is good. There's no such thing as bad publicity, but right. in the case of a story that shall not go named recently, right, 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 pretty right. big black eye. But it's, I mean, I think you guys can agree. It's great to get that exposure out for the hobby and seeing a show like this where, I mean, I've been here since Wednesday, since the show started. The foot traffic's been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you hear people throwing our words like record numbers for the first couple of days I and mean, best show in 10 years. I mean, I think the most encouraging thing to me is just the amount of children you see or the amount of families, yeah, a lot yeah, of kids yeah. at this show. Because yeah. that's always one of the biggest complaints you hear about the hobby is how are we growing for the future? How are we going to you know, take care of 10, 20 years down the road? You see people, I'm seeing people walk by after yeah, kids I was now. Say right now, like six, six kids just passed you. But I think partially that you got to give it to the national because they've been doing that 12 and under free policy for years now. Sure. Right? And talking to John Brogy a couple weeks ago, I was asking him, you know, why did you start that policy? Because that's a lot of money you leave on the table there. Oh, yeah. And he was even saying, you know, we heard from you know our people that like we're not doing enough to get kids in. So Mike Burgess at the time and them implemented that. And you figure, I mean, especially imagine if you're a dad on a Sunday or whatever, and you want to go to the show, but you have your family, it's like bring them with you, right? Exactly. Maybe give them a pack of cards. If not, just take them around, and show them all the cool stuff. I mean, I was talking to Chris Ivy of Heritage earlier. We were going talking about the Jackie Robinson jersey they had, the one that's expected to go for over two million. Right. right. I was telling him that's the thing that struck me the most about the auction tables this year is just the sheer amount of awesome jerseys, full right. game used jerseys. Sure, sure. I was at REA the other day. They've got a full uh, Jim Brown 62-63 gamer, a signed Mantle 58 gamer. I mean, wow. and they, they look beautiful. Right. Like, you wouldn't know they were 50, 60-plus years old. 
That's amazing. It, it is amazing. Yeah. I love walking around, checking out all the stuff. Yeah, we, we've said it a couple times on yep. the show today, but it's it's like you're walking through a museum almost, like a sports history museum. You're getting a little bit of everything. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, for the novice who might not know who you are, how long have you been involved in the hobby and collecting and things like that? I mean, I I always say my love of it got started with the Sandlot, ironically enough. I don't sure. know how many of you are familiar with the movie. And this is the weirdest thing I know, but there's that one scene near the end of the movie when the babe comes to Benny the Jet Rodriguez sure. and asks him for Hank Aaron's rookie card. Sure. I, I don't know what it is. I can't remember exactly what the lightning bolt was. That kind of got me into it loosely. Uh-huh. A couple years, just got a pack here, pack there. I started collecting seriously around the time I was 14, though. I was lucky, you know, living in Pittsburgh, I was fairly close to the Pirates. I'd go down to PNC, get some autographs here and there. Oh, that's cool. And when you're that young, you know, you collect what you can. You can't really afford too much big stuff. My parents would give me stuff for Christmas, a box here, a box there. Right. Then eventually when I graduated college, I got, you know, got my job and actually had disposable income to spend. Right. Mm-hmm. You hit it up a little bit harder. I mean, I still remember when I first got originally hired for my job, like, permanently. I remember I went up bought myself a Mickey Mantle autograph. Okay. That's cool. It was actually, it was, an, it was a framed photo. A buddy, a guy who's become a very good friend of mine now, actually. It's Mantle, Musial, and Williams in the photo. I think it's a spring training photo. Sure. And it's signed by Mantle and Musial, not Williams. But I ended up getting it for a really good price. It was the most I'd ever spent for an item at that point. I remember, like, panicking. It was like, I called my mom and dad. I was like, should I spend this? You know, whatever. And my dad was like, look at it this way. Can you afford to buy it? If you can, you should reward yourself. And it's... I mean, that's kind of one of the first things you're like, holy crap, I'm actually kind of an adult, can actually buy right, things now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. I've got it hanging on the wall in my man cave at home. And like, I've, I'm the kind of guy where I'll kind of agonize if I spend $10 too much. Sure. That's one item I've never regretted buying. Well, there you always. go. There you, that's that's all you really need, right? That's what then, it's all about, man. That's what yeah, the PC's all about. Yeah. Be fair. So I've been steadily collecting now for about 18 years. As far as covering in the hobby, like actually covering the hobby, I mean, May 2012, so a little over five years now actually covering it. Okay. How did you get into covering the hobby? Like, what, how did that door get open for it's you? It's funny because ESPN, I've been trying to do a memorabilia show there since I interned in 07. Could never quite get it off the ground. Then uh, I ended up working with Michelle Steele on a piece about you, Darvish. Sure. She was doing a business piece on him his first year with the Rangers. And I told her, I was like, well, if you're looking to do you know, how his American business goes, you should do include his trading cards. Because that's usually one of the earliest litmus tests. Sure. Then she had mentioned she wanted to do a Honus Wagner piece. We ended up interviewing David Wells a couple weeks later for when he was auctioning off his Babe Ruth memorabilia. Sure. And another producer we had at a time, uh, Bryce. I remember the Buckner ball gun up for auction right around then too, and he was like, "Hey, uh. I think I can get a Seth Swirsky." I was like, "Yeah." So we ended up. He came to me one day. He was like, "Hey, they want to know if you can throw a pilot together in a couple of days." I'm like, "Yeah, why?" He's like, "They want to give your memorabilia show a try, see if we can make it work." So we did. We, we used some of the David Wells sound. We got Seth Swirsky. I think that's right around the time the Babe Roof jersey that year went up for auction, the one that okay. sold for millions. But we did. We ended up. I can't remember off the top of my head if we even had a show name at that point. Because I remember Michelle Bryce and I were kicking around the name. It was either going to be Mint Condition or I actually wanted to call the show Gem Mint at the time. Mint Condition ended up winning out. Sure. But, yeah, we threw the pilot together. I, honestly, I thought I'd get two or three months out of that show. Most ended up being three and a half years. Right. Because we ended up covering the National that year in Baltimore for Black Swamp. That was the big piece we did that year. Mm-hmm. And we came away with some good stuff over the years. We covered that. We covered a really cool piece in Milwaukee about a Ryan Braun collector after the steroid stuff came right, out. Right. Mm-hmm. Guy spent over 20 grand on Ryan Braun memorabilia. Let us come to his house, you know, do a piece of him. That did really well. We got to go to the Pawn Stars place in Vegas, do a feature there. Sure. Awesome. I mean, some of our guests over the years, thanks to the generosity of the companies, uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., had Ozzy Smith. We had Johnny Bench. I mean, we had a lot of great athletes. The guys we'd have come to ESPN, too. Uh, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon was really cool. I'm a big Pirates fan. That was actually cool to have him sure, on the show. Sure. What but, was that? The, I saw a story about the Pirates. 
No, it wasn't about the Pirates directly. It was about an umpire that was on his way to a Pirates game, and he stopped over yeah, the, he the bridge. Woman's life. He, he saved was, that woman's yeah, life. She was yeah. getting ready to jump. It's funny because I walk across the Clemente Bridge every time I go to a game because when you go into Pittsburgh, you can either go directly to the stadium or you can go more into downtown and go across the bridge. But I, I don't know the full logistics of the story, but supposedly she was going to commit suicide by jumping off the bridge. Sure. And he caught her and wouldn't let her go and essentially right. saved her life. That's wow. awesome. That's, that's pretty that's, cool. That's a cool story, right? That's I mean, I'll say this. I know people – I love PNC. I love going back. I actually made it back this year for the first time in three years to a game. I mean, it's just a gorgeous team, especially because the Pittsburgh cityscape is, you know, outlined right behind the outfield. Right. right. If you're a memorabilia collector, it pays. Uh, Manny Sanguian actually has a barbecue stand there, and sometimes they'll be there signing autographs. So if you go to a game, you have anything to get signed by Manny Sanguian, bring it with you just in case. I've got a card and an 8x10 signed there by him. Sweet. I know Hunt Auctions has a memorabilia stand inside, too, so you know, never know. You might find something cool. There you go. Are you a big awesome. Steelers fan, too? Actually, no. No? I okay. root everything Pittsburgh except for the Steelers, and it's, it's you know how people blame their parents for stuff? Sure. It's yeah. legitimately my dad's fault. My father, who's lived in Western PA almost all of his life, including during the 70s when the heydays were going on, like right, the real right. heydays were going on, hates the Steelers. He's a big Oilers Earl Campbell fan. Okay. All right. So instead of growing up like a normal Western PA kid with the love <laughs> for the Steelers, I grew up with, with a hatred for them, essentially. Like, I used to outright hate them. Now I kind of like – because there's, there's guys on the team I've loved over the years, you know, Mark Bruner, Alan Fanica, big mean Joe Green fan. I mean, you, you right. have to – if nothing else, I respect because you. How can you not respect that franchise for of what course, they've done? I mean, of course. you talk about the Patriots' consistency of excellence. I mean, the Steelers aren't too far behind. Obviously, not as many Super Bowls. Right, but yeah, but they're but, almost always in the playoffs. A well-run franchise. You know, consistency at the coaching position. Of course, Tom. I mean, what have they had? They've had three head coaches in the yeah, last. Yeah, Noel, yeah, Noel yeah. Cowher. And like I said, yeah. they stuck by Bill Cowher for a lot of seasons when a lot of teams would have stuck right, by him. They and again, it paid been. off for them in the end because they get the Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. It all worked out. Yep. Exactly. So, so uh, let's talk about the floor, man. We've talked about it with our other guests, but what are some things that you've seen on the floor other than the, the like the full the full blown game jerseys and stuff? Like card wise, what have you seen that's kind of like set you back? Like, oh my gosh, look at that. Not so much like look at that, but just a lot of vintage. Like everywhere yeah. you looked, I mean, it's been increasing. I mean, almost every card show in the country, I'm imagining, even the ones by me, which surprisingly enough. Connecticut, for a small state, has a shockingly good number of local shows. Really? Now, better better than when I was in Pittsburgh. Okay. Wow. At least a couple good. But anyways, getting back to that, I mean, you see the vintage. I mean, the vintage move's undeniable. Sure. But just at this show, I mean, I've seen, like, I'm a big Tom Seaver fan. He's my favorite baseball player of all time. Okay. And I feel like this is the first national where I've actually gone looking for vintage for my own personal collection. Okay. So maybe I'm just noticing it more now, but you're just seeing everything like all the rookies all the high-end vintage stuff i mean i think the only thing i haven't really seen is the wagner car i know someone had it here i think it actually got sold at this show like outright sold wow it did i saw i saw a uh like a instagram clip or something of it yesterday i think darren, I think darren ravel posted a picture i think it sold in the high sixes yeah yeah but Jeez. but a lot of hank aaron rookie cards i mean a lot of i mean you know ernie banks i mean a lot of that stuff i mean it's just amazing it's just amazing the amount of vintage. And it's funny because going into this year, I kind of thought vintage would cool a little bit just because so many people are getting it graded, but it's it's arguably stronger than ever. Yeah. Even the low grade stuff because I get more on the lower grade to be in my budget, but that's even that stuff's selling well. Like I got, you know, a Clemente two is five hundred dollars and up just because right. that's what's accessible to people. Not sure. A, I was at uh, the REA booth. They had an Eddie Matthews nineteen fifty two tops rookie, a PSA eight. Okay. Thing looked absolutely beautiful. They have a Hank Aaron PSA nine. Uh, former NFL lineman Evan Mathis is here. I think you yep. guys actually yep. had him on. Yep. Had him on. I was at his booth earlier. The stuff he has in his booth was amazing. Like yeah. a <laughs> I mean, it's like a 
all the power to him. I mean, it must be, it must be nice to have the yeah. NFL paychecks to help support the fun, or at least you know before he retired. But a lot of high grade vintage, I think, is a little shocking. But again, you know, people keep this stuff. This is the show to bring it out to. Sure, sure. As far as that, I mean, a lot of lot of rookie stuff. Obviously, the Judge, Benintendi, Bellinger, all those guys. Not as much, a decent amount of Brian stuff is not as much as I would have thought I would have seen. Sure, but not not too much Trout stuff really either. But both I mean, of it's them funny. are kind of cold though. Both of them aren't the the hottest players in the major leagues right now. I mean, besides obviously Wax has been moving really well. I talked right. to you know Thomas Fisher blowout Adam Martin at DA Card World. All the rapper redemption stuff's been going like hotcakes. I mean, you guys are right next to Tops. Yep. They're literally, I mean, they moved, they bumped it back today to 12 o'clock, I think, to give the general mission crowd a chance because yesterday they were out of packs in, you know, 30 minutes. I think it was right. just the VIP people. But even Panini, the silver pack lines have been ridiculous. Upper Decks had a steady presence. Leafs had a steady presence. I mean, it just the rapper redemption program is one of the strongest things about the National. And it was sad, actually, because I was looking at Panini's redemptions. I was, I was hoping they'd have some more baseball on there, but I was like, such a strong year for baseball, probably doesn't need any incentive to buy it. But. Right, right, right. The, the tops, the tops is right here by us. We hear it every day at ten two and four, and instant, or ten twelve and two, and it's amazing. But you were saying earlier that that the upper deck program is is equally just as good, but it's not as attended, which is odd. But you said they've given away some amazing pieces, right? Well, that's the thing. I wrote a preview for GTS for uh, for this, and I was saying one of the things I said in my tips for the Nationals: don't sleep on the freebies. I mean, this show especially. I mean, you guys had the scavenger, that amazing scavenger. I mean, I was talking to Stephen uh, LaRoche this morning when he was the cutoff line. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, you think it's an impressive set with the autographs and the metal cards, but just so many people are giving away so many great things to the show. Panini's have their free kids' breaks. Tops has done Pack Wars. They had their Q&A last night. They actually gave everyone in attendance a nice on-card 1990 Tops style Ian Happ autograph. Oh, nice. Just for showing up. I mean, that's a pretty impressive card. That is pretty impressive. Upper Deck in particular, they do a, except for yesterday, because they had uh, the Upper Deck Random Acts of Kindness program yesterday, they have a daily raffle. They give away like 30, 40 prizes. They're giving away Wayne Gretzky signed, you know, blow-up posters yesterday and uh, Thursday. But beyond that, sealed boxes, signed pucks. I mean, they did that. They did their expired redemption raffle again, which for anyone who's holding an expired Upper Deck Redemption, you don't want to sleep on it because instead of throwing it away, you can actually bring it to the booth or submit it in, and you get a redemption. Like for example, I had a, I had a Peter Ramos auto tier two autograph, something like that. Okay. I got from a buddy of mine. I figured, what the heck? I'll throw it in. I went back to the booth earlier to claim. I ended up getting an on card Gabriel Landeskog auto in its place. Well, there Perfect. you go. I mean, again, it's better than what I would have gone. It's something at least for. Because again, we you you guys know. I mean, one of the biggest complaints in the hobby is expired redemptions, redemptions right. in general. Right. Panini, to their credit, I mean, Panini will honor the redemptions or at least give you something equitable. And honestly, I think it gives them a nice little jump in the older box. I mean, Tops kind of is behind on that because I'll be perfectly honest, I am heavily reluctant to buy older Tops because of that. Because especially if it's the only hit in the box, you end up sure. with a redemption where you're literally out of luck. Yeah. Right. You just, just, yeah, just might as well not gotten it at all. Right. I mean, I'll right. give you an example. Last uh, Last fall cases of 2013 totally certified football they were on sale for around 350 i just i never busted a case before actually i figured what the heck i'll get a case of it split it with some buddies i mean they're probably like eight to ten redemptions in the case including then you know the two best cards in there right i submitted them got them both back within like a month i think you know oh, for wow. andy dalton auto jersey and geno smith but sure. again i mean you got to give panini credit on that for whatever you want to say about them that's a great policy sure it is, is. Yeah. absolutely it, it absolutely and they is. do and they always go above and beyond i feel like when they when people uh when people write in or, or call in to get their stuff you know they always want to know and and a lot of times you can get something even better you can get something that for like that's something you collect you know some pc player pc team 
Well, it's so. like even Panini's uh, trade-up level. You can take, if you have redemptions that have been in the system for more than four months, right. you can bring them to the booth there. And like I said, the lines for that have been it's ridiculous been this entire yeah. show. But you can. You can trade your... I've got a buddy who's got like 30, 40 same redemptions. I keep telling him every year, like, you got to get rid of some of them. Not the good ones necessarily, but some of the lower tier ones. He just right. doesn't want to do it, but... And people can walk away with some pretty cool stuff from those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Absolutely. even some of the Panini points, which has been a pretty good program for them you as well. You know what? You know? I am a Panini points hoarder. I freely admit it. I try and get them whenever <laughs> I can. I try and trade for them. But I always do it. So I honestly, well, no, seriously, I had an order a couple months ago. I had a few thousand of them. And they've just loaded a lot of really good basketball stuff on the site. Because I'll freely admit, their loading is kind of hit or miss. It takes... You'll get a couple, like, blah things one week, but then yep. one week out of nowhere, they come up with all this amazing stuff. You're right. I walked away with a Carl Anthony Towns auto, three yep. Isaiah Thomas autos, John Stockton, yep. uh, Blake Griffin, and Tony Parker are all in one order. The only thing I don't like about the points, I've told Panini this, is I don't like the fact that you have to pay for the shipping. Yeah, that's I, kind of a bummer. I freely admit it, for, from an economical standpoint for them, it's a complete swinger, but if Let's say you've only got a 150-point card. Chances are the card you're going to get is worth the five bucks shipping. Absolutely. And technically, you've already paid for it. So that's kind of. I kind of wish they would do something where, you know, for every account you have, you can get free shipping once in a calendar year. Right. Then after that, you have to ship. I mean, I, again, you. I'm not the one handling the economics or their programming, so I, yeah, I can't fully say. But I just wish that's the one thing I wish they changed about it. But it, I have to admit, you do have to kind of hoard the points to get something really cool out of it in the end, or at least make it worth the while to ship right. it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to save them up, but. You know, they also have those, those packs and the white sparkle packs and different things that they put out there. So, I saw someone yeah. pull a Jimmy Johnson one-on-one autograph out of one of them the other day. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like a young boy, actually. Wow. Yeah. We had a kid walk by earlier and pulled a, a Steph Curry one-on-one out of that oh, stuff. that's right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. it was ridiculous. That's the thing. Yeah, again, and again, obviously, it's to help move products. So, for the pessimists, might say that. But honestly, Benita doesn't have to go that hardcore on it. Tops doesn't have to go that hardcore. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's a Jeter one of one auto came out of a Tops. I think right, a Sandy right. Koufax one of one auto. I mean, not only are they giving these packs out, there's some pretty dang good stuff. I was at you know Upper Decks the other day and I saw people pulling some really good autos out. I mean, you, you can't sleep on this stuff. You really can't. I mean, I mean, you see the prices on eBay. I know the Lonzo Ball stuff's been going ridiculous numbers because it's some of the first oh yeah things yep. out there. Speaking of Upper Deck again, um, have you got to see one of those monumental boxes open? I not live in a couple. I've seen some people see what they get. I'll okay. tell you what. I think Upper Decks. They've sold a lot. I was a little skeptical at first, but I remember one box. I saw someone got like a full-size signed Connor McDavid jersey. I think it was a Ugh. Ben Simmons 16 by 20. Some guy earlier today I actually saw pulled a Jordan autograph jersey out of his. I think they loaded one with all Jordan items. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, they're what, about $1,000? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, chances are you're going to get pretty close to your money back of not getting it back. Sure. And they're full-sized items. You can sure. get them framed. You can do, do whatever, take them back to your shop. I mean, Upper Deck's... I think Upper, I won't be surprised if Upper Deck brings them back next year because why, why not? I mean, they seem like they're moving very well. In um, in, in Toronto in the, the the fall and spring show, Frameworth does something very similar, and uh, where they have it like a full size. If you get a full size jersey, you'll get a stick blade and like a sixteen by ten or something like that. But uh, this last time we were there, they there was full of, of uh, well, Sidney Crosby is a. They, they have his exclusive rights, so it was full of Sidney Crosby stuff, and uh, full another Crosby of, auto, <laughs> full of uh, full of Connor McDavid, full of Austin Matthews. Like it was just loaded. I think this is very similar to that in that the stuff that you can get out of there is just amazing. I mean, I think the thing is, it's Jordan Bull stuff. Exactly. It's I think it, I haven't seen any of the LeBron stuff, but I think it's LeBron Pro stuff, and that's the thing, especially with Upper Deck not having the NBA card license. Right. I mean, that's. 
if you want a Jordan Bulls item or a LeBron NBA item, sure. that's what you have to go with. I mean, I was, you know, I had the conversation with someone about a year or two ago. We were talking about LeBron and the schism that exists because Panini's obviously got the NBA rights. Everybody's right. got the autograph rights. There was never, and again, I'm 99.9% sure on this, there was never a LeBron James Miami Heat autograph trading card. Okay. Can you imagine if they would have been able to do LeBron, wow. D-Wade, and Chris Bosh and triple auto right. and Heat uniforms? I mean, Man. I can't even. That'd that's right. That's, that's right. There you wasn't. also mentioned Ben Simmons. At the ben, you got a 16 by 20, or somebody got a Ben Simmons 16 by 20, which you can't find any of his stuff, obviously. So that's a that's a huge draw for that product. But you know what the funny thing is? I mean, even the you know, Panini stuff, just the rookies and the memorabilia cards. Again, for a guy who didn't play it all last year, that's the thing with the NBA class this season. I mean, last season, quite frankly, it just wasn't a good rookie class. It was not, no. But this year, and again, he factored in the fact that Ben Simmons will hopefully play this season. Sure. Between him, Lonzo Ball, I mean, Jason Tatum, all these other guys, Markel Fultz. I mean, it's – especially if the Lakers can be good this season, if he plays well. Right, right. I mean, I think even more looking more towards next year, if they can get Paul George, if by some Hail Mary they manage to get LeBron too. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the Lakers are like – it's like the Cowboys in Dallas, the Yankees in New York. When they're good – it's better for everyone, both on the court and in the hobby, because, right. I mean, Lakers stuff, even these last lean years, I mean, you know, Julius Randle stuff moved fairly well. D'Angelo Russell stuff didn't move fairly well. Now he's right. with the Nets probably not as much, but people want to get into it. Like, right. they want to oh. they want to have that hope that they're going to come back. I mean, look at Aaron Judge in New York. Sure. There's a guy who last season you could have gone his stuff at pretty reasonable prices. I heard uh, – I was talking to Lance Fisher at Onyx, and one of the guys he knows had a Judge game use bat he paid very, very little for a couple of years ago. Sold it for a nice, tidy little profit. Oh, I'm sure. sure. I mean, you look at Heritage Auctions. Heritage Auctions has a Mother's Day Judge jersey they're expecting to go for over twenty-five grand. I think Steiner has wow. a full gamer that's currently over. I think I heard over fifty grand currently in their auction. Wow. For a guy who's played, you know, a little over half a season, it's going to have hundreds or thousands of game-used jerseys still to come. I mean, mm-hmm. I. D- this will be from his rookie season, though. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's not just that. But you look at the guys like Ben and Tenney, guys who have kind of been reduced to that second tier, who in other years would be the hot, bigger rookie, but it's true. Sure. It's funny of baseball. Baseball's kind of had since you figure 2010, 2011, at least one or two kind of semi to transcend a rookie's year. You know, Bryant, Strasburg, Harper, even Puig. Right. And they've, but they never had that big overall, like, holy crap, there's a lot of guys this year class. Like 2012 in football when he first had Luck, RG3, and Wilson. This is right. the baseball 2012 for that. I mean, you look at around the floor, the guy selling sealed wax, a lot of it's dried up for tops, especially. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's even the, you know, even you get the crowd that says all, you know, non licensed, it's no good, but even Panini, all that stuff, they, even that stuff's been doing very well. It I mean, people been. just people just want it. Sure. It's not like it's hard to get an Aaron Judge Auto. There's plenty of them out there, but just they're all commanding money. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Speaking of autos, I see uh, you, you, before you sat down, you brought over a, a Charles White autograph. Um, he said you got here at eleven thirty and it just finished. It's now three thirty. He was there for over three hours. I wow. mean, the VIP lines I've noticed have kind of averaged about roughly the two hours for the show. But I guess supposedly Vern Law was here for over three hours yesterday. I wow. wasn't in his line, so I didn't know. Wow. Charles White was there for probably about three and a half hours today before he was finally done. But you know, that's the thing. I honestly think part of the reason we've seen the traffic we've seen the first couple of days is because of the extra VIP packages that they sell, because that's sure. already a built-in crowd you're bringing into the floor. Right. People want to come to the VIP reception party. People want to get the early signers or just want to come to the show. I mean, I was in the at the reception on Wednesday for the kickoff. Jose Canseco was one of the signers. The line out the door was out the door for him in like two or three minutes. It was a, I kept seeing that room filling up. I was like, oh my gosh, like I wow. just, it's amazing. But again, the, the VIP package is a good value, especially if you want to be here all five days. And again, to the point of the tops packs. 
if they're doing the redemptions early in the morning like that, if you're one of the first one in there to get in line for it. Yes, it's crazy. Yep. So uh, you said you got to get over there because Ron Dane's coming. Uh, it's Ron Dane, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, Ron Dane's going to be signing for at least another hour and a half. Yeah. You know, no doubt, because he started <laughs> late as it was. That's a... Ron Dane's a. Is he, are you a Ron Dane fan or are you a Giants fan? Honestly, just, I just have a couple of cards. If a friend was kind enough to give me his all, ticket for the autograph thing, I'm just getting a card signed. Okay, there you go. I mean, awesome. it's funny how autographing boils down to that. It's like it pretty much goes from one box to another box. Right, sure. right. It's like, all right, pre, pre-signed box, and all right, I got done, sleeve it, put it in the box. Sure, in the box. Awesome. Right in the box. Uh, we're actually going to have to run you out of here because Tops is going to start yelling in about 20 minutes, and we have one more interview to do. So I apologize for that. I'm not running you off on – because we don't I like see it, how but, it is. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. We got one more interview to do before Top starts uh, yelling uh, about their I, their redemption program. I will say one last thing before we sure, go off. Sure, I mean, there's been yeah. rumblings of the show. I mean, obviously it's in Cleveland next year. It's going back to Atlantic City. Talking to a lot of people, the general consensus is people seem to want it in Chicago every year. Okay. Like I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't do the business of the national, but I, I have to think that's something they're going to examine at some point because similar to Comic-Con or so. It may never be the size and scope of a show like that. Right, right. But to give it the consistency here, make it easier for people to come, especially if they're not going to go back out west, like make a concerted effort to go back out west or go south and literally rotate the show around the country. Sure. You may as well have it here every year. You know what? This is my first time here. This is amazing. Um, I don't I, – I have nothing to compare it to other than the Toronto show. But Well, the, the last one they had in Chicago two years ago, that sure. was a pretty good show too. I mean, that was a very well-trafficked – but this one, this one's exceeded it. It has, yeah. it's exceeded yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, Paul, this is your fifth or sixth one. Yeah, I've been to a couple, and so. I've never been to the sh- here at Chicago. I've never been to this yeah. one. And this one is definitely, I mean, by this far is, the busiest that I've seen. This is the sixth straight for me. Okay, my yeah. personal favorite is still the first one I ever went to in Baltimore because it was my first one. But right, I thought it was right. a good show. But this one's probably a second. I mean, just like I said, the atmosphere is great. Like I said, I love seeing the children all around. A lot of good items out on the floor. I mean, it's. Kind of get you hyped up for next year already. Hopefully, Cleveland can match it. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping so too. It's we'll gonna be see. a lot of fun. We'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, definitely see that. I'm I'm anxious to compare it because yes, yes. it's gonna be interesting. All right, man. For sure, uh, Kelsey. Thanks for joining us, man. You've been you've been great. Thank you for the time. We did we did need to fill some time, and you gave us about 30 minutes. So <laughs> that's great, buddy. Thank you very much. No problem, guys. All right. Bye. Hi, this is Scott Schwartz from the movie The Toy and A Christmas Story, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. Paul. Eric. I'm tired. Saw, dude. Saw, man. Saw. Man, I tell you what. This thing is wearing me out, dude. It's, we- yeah, it's, it's wearing me out. It has been fantastic. Yeah. But it is, it is, it's been a day, my friend. I said earlier it was 10 interviews. 10 interviews is actually nine. But it feels like ninety. It's, I mean, it does because we've met some great people today. Sure have. That's some great people. We sure people have. have. Giving us some some really cool stuff. Yeah. We've we've just seen it all, man. We've, yeah. we've had a great day. Tomorrow's the the last day of the national. I'm sad. I'm sad too. I'm a little sad. I'm sad too. Um, but today was great, and the, I think the theme of the day was vintage. Yes, it was. was. The, yes, it, it was. was. Thank you, Mike Payne. Yeah. Thank you, Mike Payne. Thank you, everybody else who came by and talked vintage. Talking about vintage. And they're not, like, not that we have reason to lie, but they're not lying. There's so much vintage out there, and it's doing so well. It is. Very well. Really crazy. Very, very well. Uh, Brian Fleischer, who is walking by our booth right now, yeah. waving at us. He doesn't come on the show. No, he doesn't come on the he show. We don't talk about soccer like or anything like that. So um, he was he was sharing a story with us earlier yeah. that made me laugh. About he was walking he was walking down an aisle here and he saw Dr. Beckett uh, standing at a you know some random person's uh, booth 
flipping through the dollar cards. That's awesome. <laughs> also, that's what I want to go do. <laughs> just just flipping through the dollar cards going yeah, and picking some out that he wanted. Yeah, man. That's, probably probably made a shrewd deal on it, too. He probably did. Probably made he, a good deal on it. He, he probably picked out 50 cards, paid 20 bucks for it. There you right? go. He's just... You know what the crazy thing is? The person that sold it to him had yeah. no idea who he was. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know who he was. Like he's like undercover, undercover yeah. jobs or whatever exactly. that, that show is. Exactly what like what he is. Man, stop. man, you ready to eat? I'm ready to eat. The thing is, is it's gonna be a little while before I can. I know we got reservations in like four hours <laughs> yeah, from now. Reservations in four hours. I gotta go outside and see if that guy's still selling bratwurst. There you go, man. Yeah, we need a snack. That, we I need do, a fat yeah. pack snack. I need a snack. Um, we do. It's it's just been such a really really good day and. I can't thank the people that stopped by enough. Steve Walden, how about that guy, man? Shoot. Does not just man, just good dude, man. Good yeah. dude, good painter. Wow. Amazing. Only for stuff. three years now. Yeah. That's amazing. Crazy. Amazing stuff. And the pack wars was fun too. The uh, It was, man. We gotta do some more tomorrow, man. We have yeah. ton of wax. I'm I think I'm actually about to open a box. All right, let's do it. You and me, box. I'll pack you. I'll warn you. You wanna warn me? Yeah, let's do it. Oh god. All right. Uh, for, oh we gotta do we do gotta mention the uh, fat pack forty. It is not off. We just we couldn't they so wouldn't so many people here today. Yeah, they wouldn't allow us to run down this aisle. Yeah. We have it marked off or ready to go and everything, but uh because of the fear of, like the stampede that would ensue, uh, they wouldn't allow us to do it. But uh, we got to do it in the morning. When yeah, we got to do it in the morning. We got to do it incognito because they don't allow the running of the bulls here yeah, in Chicago. They sure don't. It's not a thing. They sure don't. Not since the least the late nineties, <laughs> anyways. But uh, that's that. That's that. That's that. Uh, all right, that's we got to go because the tops guys are going to start yelling. Yeah, they're going to yell. So uh, we're out, guys. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us today. And until tomorrow, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.